Hello, it's Nick Castle, Michael Myers. You're listening to The Skeleton Crew. here once again the iconic classic the skeleton crew horror podcast the podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more exclusively at horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls jamie salmons i i i i like it dan chase i love fucking you guys dude yo and Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. Hello, Haddonfield! <laughs> he did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Barry Sims on the mic. It is the Skeleton Crew. It's October. It's Halloween night. Yeah, we are here in the dungeon. Wow, I can't. It's like we never left. I'm Alex, and I'm with Dan and Jamie. What's up, guys? What's up, man? I left a couple times to get some weed, but other than that, I've been here. He just oh you've been good you've been to the nudie bar. I go to the nudie bar once a week. Yes. Yes, every Wednesday actually. We record live. Yeah. That's the only time I get out. <laughs> yeah, you're still here but we forgot to turn the light on. We did come back eventually and flip it on for you. I was I was, that's funny. I was just about to say when you guys leave this time can you please leave a light on for me even if it's just like a little like it gets scary in here. Yeah, well, that electric bill gets a little high, too, so... I think I'm worth it, you dick. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll turn it on for one night and one night only, Halloween night. Yeah, every Halloween we'll turn it on. But you're here We'll light a pumpkin. (laughs) We'll light a pumpkin. And I will will make sure not to blow it out till morning because I don't want Sam coming after me. (laughs) Maybe you can crush it and then watch it come back to life in reverse. (laughs) Do you have a bicycle pump? (laughs) (laughs) i want to say really quick to all the people out there who are listening to this you guys have no idea how much this means to us thank you so much and the outpouring of support and excitement that i've gotten leading up to this and i know that alex has gotten some messages too um not probably nobody talks about dan but um (laughs) But it has been amazing, and people have been really looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this. I've been so excited about this. I really have. God, I miss this so. I mean, I talk to you guys every week right? because we do the Married with Children show, which is fantastic. But there is nothing 
like us ga- all gathering in the dungeon. And yeah. I'm yeah. so happy. So and happy to be here. Jamie, and I totally agree. And fun little fact, when we're not recording Married with Children, like the half hour before and the half hour after, always talking about horror. Like literally. Every time you guys notice that, it's oh, literally, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Every it's week. hard to get away from when it's what you love. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just got messages uh today from jonathan Orr and reagan campbell about are you guys doing a show on halloween you know so yeah just like jamie said we're thankful that you guys care and remember it's been a year and our facebook group page is sort of it never stopped being active so the community's still there so that's really good yeah you know yeah yeah we appreciate that and we were doing our part to keep it going and uh you know it, like like we said, you know, people are saying, I can't wait till Alex, Dan, and Jamie get back together and do his show. And yeah, we've been together. Uh, everyone loves Al Bundy and Mary with Children. We've been doing, because uh, I no longer do it with Jerry Herring and JP uh, since I'd say like, what was it, like March or April? They couldn't do it for various reasons. So I talked to Dan and Jamie, and they're like, hey, you need somebody, man, let me know. I'd love to hop on there. You know, they, they were checking out the show. They liked what they heard. And now it's it's uh, very skeleton crewized, And it's <laughs> it's been great getting back together. So the cool thing is, like, we're going to make jokes like, man, I hope uh, we're not all, you know, it's not all awkward since we haven't done a show in a year. But it's like, no, we do one every single week together for a month. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Also, uh, we have a, a listener, Christian Craig. You know, I love I, I love all of our listeners. Absolutely. I every one of them and we've become really close with a lot of them over the years. But this particular guy, he's really young and uh, he just started college this year. Like that's how but he is so he is such a beacon of hope for the next generation of horror fans. And he has been like he does his best to spread the love like he tries to introduce his roommates and his friends at college he tries to introduce them to horror films some of them they're accepting of some of them not so much apparently he just scared the crap out of somebody with scream four which is blows my mind (laughs) that anyone thinks that's scary but you know whatever i mean they they clearly they're getting it has its moments very scary moments they're getting into horror, so or you know they're 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 making an effort, and I think that that's phenomenal. I, I really, really do. And so, um, he's one of the ones who has been really excited about this, and it just that means so much to me oh, because right. it's like carry that torch, you know. He's spreading the gospel of horror. Is. Now, is he spreading the gospel of the skeleton crew as well? I imagine he. I imagine he will. If now, if just, these people are barely watching horror films, I doubt they're going to be listening to podcasts about horror. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still stuck on though that he listens to our show and he goes to college. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is for the uneducated. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is not a learning show. No, we've, we've said that many times. No, it is great though uh, to to go off. Uh, oh, and thank you, uh, Christian. Christian yeah, Craig. Thank yeah, you. that's awesome, man. Um, and it is great though to be back with you guys. Um, like you said, we do a show every week, and it's so much fun. And I love how we get in depth 
uh, into Married with Children. If you don't listen to it, like we have so much fun every week. Um, I am so excited to talk horror with you guys, specifically the new Halloween. Like it happened perfectly. I think that taking, you know, uh, stopping the show and then taking a whole year, like I wanted to come back and review something awesome. And like, how perfect is it that Halloween came out and we can all talk about this now? We haven't talked horror for a year on, on air anyways. Yeah. And we're about to talk Halloween 2018. I'm well, so you know pumped. they released this movie just so we could do this show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they knew. They, they knew. Always know. Yep, exactly. Uh, how they do this. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about Halloween 2018. And this is a landmark skeleton crew show. Not for only the reason that we haven't done a show in a year, but it's also the first Halloween movie we have ever reviewed. We've never reviewed a single Halloween movie in, in the six years that... How is that possible? Wait, really? Wait. Yeah. Well, because oh, there haven't God, been any right. new ones released. I mean, we've talked about right. Halloween and, and all of that, but I assume you mean a new release, like reviewing Horror. a new film. Yeah. Well, we never... No. There were the comparisons between right. the original and right. the remake, and then there were the whole fight against the Friday the 13th franchise and all of that. Oh, and then the Halloween awards. Right. Yep. Right. Um, we danced so, around them. Right, right. But there has never been a full-fledged, we are reviewing this film. And again, Alex, when you dance around a franchise for five years, I'll bet you if you took it all and, and put it in a compilation, <laughs> it would it would, it would would equal a five-hour show for sure. No, we've definitely talked about all of them. But you're right. Yeah, we haven't actually done a full official review. This is perfect, dude. Perfect. Like I've never said, all right, guys, Halloween 4, 1988. Right. This stars Donald Pleasance. You know, nothing. You know, I never did that. We've never, ever covered a Halloween movie. So... It, and of course, the people might be confused, and I don't. I, I've I've seen a lot of people say this, and I kind of I don't know. I th- I thought it was sort of clear by the intro Matt and I made, but we rebroadcast the Banana Laser Halloween retrospective on the Skeleton Crew feed because it was so good, and I did a lot for the production the, for the second, you know, for the re-release of the definitive set, and I just wanted more people to hear how great that was. That is great. Yeah, and I definitely never try to take credit as if it's ours or anything. Like, we made that super clear in the beginning of every single episode. Um, A lot of people seem to think, they keep saying, uh, lately I've been saying, yeah, you guys got to finish the Skeleton Crew Halloween retrospective. And I'm like, well, there is none. Like, that that was Banana Laser. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, Banana Laser is back, guys. So yes, make sure your feed for that is uh, alive and well and getting updates because we've done a couple shows and we're going to do more. So, yeah, that's not us doing the reviews. Yeah, Dan was on part seven and eight. I was on the Rob Zombie remake and sequel. But... Um, those were all banana laser shows. So this is a landmark episode and it's really cool. I was really excited for this. I didn't believe it was going to happen for years. All you hear about is new Halloween movies. Then it's always shut down. Then right. Carpenter's going to come direct it. Then that's not happening. Then this one's going to do it. Then that's not happening. Rob Zombie's going to make a part three. That's not happening. Uh, it just, it was a constant all the time you heard this. So 
I put no thought into this until I finally saw like, you know, production shots or whatever. And then I finally gave a damn and I was like, oh, well, like, okay, fine. I guess it's really happening. It was so anticipated. Halloween is the biggest horror movie in the world of modern times. It changed my life. It got, I wouldn't be here right now without Halloween. Definitely. Because right. that, you know, I loved uh, other stuff. But when I saw Halloween for, you know, I saw it as a kid, but when I really saw it as like uh, when I could remember things and really yep. focus, it just changed my life. And I was like, wow, this is the – because I saw them back to back, the TV versions of part one and two in a VHS mm-hmm. tape that my cousin gave me. And from there, I said, wow, this is this is what I'm, I'm here for. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So right. it's great to now be able to review the – the sequel to that movie and to do it with you guys and come back after a year Mm -hmm. for a Halloween special. Yep. So I guess we could get right into it. Hello, kiddies. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to the Skeleton Crew. (laughs) Halloween. 2018 this movie is a direct sequel to the original so people gave jamie lee curtis shit about skipping over three movies in the halloween franchise when she did h2o well guess what she even dismissed her three movies she dismissed halloween 2 h2o and halloween resurrection well we all dismissed that right well, yeah, and I want to talk about that before we even get into it. Like, let's talk about the timeline leading up to this movie. Now, to us <laughs> who, you know, follow the, these kind of things, um, we all know that this is a direct sequel. Now, do you think that the general public gets that? Uh, no. I have no. seen a lot of <laughs> a lot of evidence to the contrary. Yeah. Like if people are not grasping that very simple concept. Right. Right. Horror fans on groups don't get it. Right. And, and I, but, you, yeah. yeah. Uh, Halloween fanboys don't get right. it. And, and these are people <laughs> that you would expect to get it. You know, like people who have been waiting for this film and they're just not getting it. And honestly, I, I feel like the biggest flaw that this film made was expecting people to get it because like they're just not not and i'm obviously not everyone but there is a good chunk of people out there who just can't seem to grasp it well now that that was my other question though like even as horror fans now do you guys have trouble going there in your mind and separating it because i think that we're always gonna have the sequels in our heads in some capacity but at the same time, like, we do understand that they're basically starting from scratch again. And he got out of the sanitarium once, killed a few people, got sent back in for 40 years. That's where we're at. Period. Yeah. I mean, that's – it's – no, I don't have any difficulty at all. Pretty not, simple, right? It is. <laughs> I would think. As soon as I heard leading up to the film, yeah. like, oh, this movie is ignoring all the sequels. I said, okay. So I'm taking all the information that I was giving in the first film. That's it. I'm working on nothing but things that were directly said or things that were directly given to me within the confines of the original film. Everything beyond that, Mm -hmm. including everything that you would infer about the first one based on information you were given in the sequels. 
just remove it. And it's really not that difficult. I mean, maybe for some people it would help if they watched the original and then immediately went to the theater to see the new one. Right. I didn't even think that was I, d- I didn't I did even that. think that was necessary. I really didn't. I just I did it because I'm a dork. I just walked in and said, "Okay, first movie only. Nothing else exists. Right. Let's go." And I don't think it was difficult. Uh, number one, it's easy to swallow because they've done it before. We've already done this with H two O. Right. So right away, it's like, well, okay. I'm, it's not like I'm gonna be shocked that we're doing this. So, what do you guys think about how people were so bummed out? Who didn't like the Rob Zombie movies? And they're like, so this is all we're going to get for now on? Someone's going to have to kind of continue off of this mess or whatever? Right. How do you guys feel that they did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre move where they made it a direct sequel to the original and even dismissing the remake? It's Because you figure once you do that... Right. You can't go back. Right. You can't go back. Right. So now, now sometimes they come back. Sorry. Uh-huh. Again, with Robert it's Russell? Some, yeah. Wow, look at you. <laughs> no, but I think that it doesn't matter. And people that get hung up on this kind of stuff has to remember exactly what you just said, dude. Why should they, why should any movie be held to the crappier, shittier, inferior sequels? Like, for yeah. real. Like, it's crazy because, like, okay, yeah, if you want to, like, okay, they're going to make a sequel to this one. Uh, Spoilers, this made a shit ton of money. Of course they're going to make a fucking sequel to this one. They made a sequel to this one because it's it was good and it's a good jumping off point from basically a start over again. But then again, that's going to reach a point where it's going to get played out again, too. It's so stupid to try and hold yourself to... To to go in line with the shittier sequels, even if I, you were in them, apparently, exactly right. Like, who cares? Okay, for us as fans, like I don't know, but like, it's fun to see all those, like you know. And they made it a point to point out that there are nods and <laughs> some more than others to all of the sequels. Yeah, like, they say, listen, you're cool. We have some nostalgia for you, but we're not doing this. And, yeah. <laughs> but real quick, before we get into it, uh, it, opening weekend made $76 million, and so far it's at $127 million. Off a $10 million budget, oh, way to million. fucking go. That's crazy. Yeah, right? well, I think personally, I think it's super fun to have three different timelines that you can choose from. Right. So you can <laughs> actually, for those people out there, those sad fucks who like the... Who like the Thorn trilogy? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm I'm teasing you. I know that there are le- there are people out there who legitimately love those films, and and that's that's very cool. I'm just those I'm people were fucking legitimately crazy. But but you know if you like the Thorn the Thorn trilogy, if you want to go that direction, you can go that. It's like a choose your own adventure for fuck's sake. Exactly. You can go one two H two O. You can go one two. Four, five, six. Right, right. Notice I left out Resurrection. You can go Resurrection if you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> along with You're H2O, really sick after fuck. H2O. Or you can go 1, 2018. Right. And it's, it's, I mean, why not? Just take, I mean, look at all the different ways. For one, it illustrates all the different ways that you can branch out from the originals, the, the, from the original story that Carpenter right. gave us, which just shows you how versatile it is. I mean, and... Th- the fact that he didn't get specific with it, which was the whole point. I mean, he has described Michael Myers as, quote, 
a force of nature. He is nothing but pure evil. He's basically a blank slate. You can go any direction you want with him. And however you choose to do it, you got movies to go in that direction. So I think it's kind of fun. Like whatever you're feeling like that day, right. then that's the timeline you go with. What's wrong with that? Absolutely. And and all those movies, let's face it, on some level, maybe other than a couple, have great rewatchability. But the thing that I think that, you know, I don't see a lot of people talking about is just how fucking exciting it is to get another Halloween movie in the theaters and what that means to so many people, regardless of what, you know, you hope it'll be or whatever. Like, it's just having fun, especially during Halloween time, which, you know, obviously, like, I, this is... I love watching Halloween in October, period. I don't really like watching it outside of it too much, but um, it's just, it represents Halloween to me and it always has. So for a lot of people, just, I'd see anything. I know you guys would too. If it looked, if the trailer even looked as bad as Resurrection, I would still see it. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm sorry, you know, and I'm going to get some level of enjoyment out of it. I think everybody was. But whether, you know, it's something to to make fun of and it's so bad or whatever, they're still fun. And that aspect alone, like, this is why I was so excited to see this movie. Like, the hype, uh, I hyped myself up to ridiculous heights this time, like, in my own head, because I was just so excited for this movie. Yeah, I mean, I was too, and you know, I live in a Jason house. Right. Like, right. like my house is all Voorhees all the time, mm-hmm. but I do still enjoy the Halloween series. It's not that I don't. Right. It's just that you know, it's I like I'm not a Michael fangirl, but right. I still I still enjoy the series. So when I knew that this film was coming out, I'm getting excited, and I'm like, you know, as as time is getting closer, like there's so many times I would just come dancing into the living room and Brian's like, what's up with you? And I'm like, Halloween's coming out. Like, I'm <laughs> yes. so, I'm so excited. And then we go to see the movie. I was really excited. Like it was all, it was a thing. It was an event, you know, and then yep. we come home and I'm still talking about it. And he probably right. sick of me talking about it. Cause I've been talking about it for like solid week and a half. Right. And then, uh, right. And then I'm like, and then I start dancing again, and he's like, "What's going on now?" And I'm like, "Skeleton crew, and talk about Halloween, you know." So, yes, I'm in it. You know, this is this is the perfect way to celebrate Halloween is yep. to like everyone's favorite holiday uh, or everyone within the right. sound of my voice, and right, right. Um, to how better to celebrate that than to have a new Halloween film come out and one that, yes, has Jamie Lee Curtis and has Michael back to his roots, which was, I think, badass. And they attempted to do something smart with this. I mean, it it wasn't, they didn't drag in Buster Rhymes to do some Kung Fu. Right. You know, they put actual effort into crafting a sensible story. Mm -hmm. That is huge. Yes, and and I totally agree. And Jamie, you're right. Like the hype coming up to leading up to this, we would Lacey and I would talk for hours about this movie, theorizing where it could go, just to just tons of possibilities. And then you're right. After it gets out, we've still been talking about it. It's been what a week now. Yeah, I mean, I'll just come home randomly, and just I'm like, you know go. what? Like, I'll come walking in the door and like, and another thing. Yeah, exactly. No, but exactly. But to your point, though, I think that this movie, um, 
works so well with just giving it a little bit of time. Like you just said, the more and more you think about it, the more and more the things that did work really did work. And, you know, yeah, we'll get into. Honestly, I, I would like to thank all of those people out there who dragged me into arguments over this film right. because because of them, it has deepened my love and respect for it because the more I had to explain it, the more I began to love it. Right. And uh, so as I'm like throwing things out there for people, it is actually deepening my own appreciation for it. So, you know, thanks. Well, absolutely. I agree with that, too. And I was excited for this, too, because of my love for Pineapple Express. Now, knowing that these guys were going to have the uh, David Gordon Green and his writing crew, including Danny McBride, they were going to do this. I was excited because they're, I'm a big, like, as I've said before on the crew many times, I'm a big, like, uh, weed movie snob. I think that a lot of them just get it wrong. That one got it right in a lot of ways and was really Oh, funny. I agree. Yeah, it's perfect. Like, it's, it's, one of, it's one of my favorite movies. So to hear that they were going to do this, too, was like, okay, I, I get how people were like, ah, they've never done horror, but, but please. Like, I just, I, I'm not about that argument. Like, clearly these guys have proven themselves as people that know the business and can do something with quality. How it would relate to horror, still up in the air. And that's why that's another reason why I was so excited for this. Like they got it right with that movie so well in so many aspects, like they knew what it was. So if they knew what that was, I had hoped that they would know what the Halloween franchise was. And they talked about it a lot, too, of their interest. And I think that throughout this movie, it shows it shows that these guys are huge fans of not only the original, but just Michael Myers in general. And they they know what he is as a pop culture. Uh, icon, a horror icon, all of that, and they they crafted a sensible way to not only bring him back, but like we said, bring it back in a fun way where you can disregard all the sequels, have it a direct sequel to the first one. I think they nailed it. Yeah, and the best thing was when I heard that like Nick Castle was going to play Michael again. Of course, as it went on, we heard it was in a lower capacity than than we hoped. But that made sense. I was just hoping to get him to walk most of the time, and then if there's anything going on, someone else could do it or whatever. But the dude who plays Michael Myers in this movie, I mean, <sighs> let's start with how... And I love how they credit him as the shape, too, uh, and not Michael Myers. Right. James Jude Courtney. The thing that sells me so hard on this movie is that the way Michael's mask looks, the way his body, the guy they hired, his body type... Yep. The way he does things, the way he turns his head, walks around, everything, the music cues as he's on screen, it is just so captivating. I I would easily say that this is the best depiction of Michael Myers in a Halloween film since the original. I will not argue that point. Yeah. <laughs> How lucky are we? Like, when do you ever get a perfect guy to play a, the main... I mean, because you know my love for two, but... I mean, I just love two as a film, right. but you know, every time I every time I bring that up, you guys <laughs> always bring up the fact that we're here. Let's ruin it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forget about it. No, really, forget about it. 
um, <clears throat> you know, always bring up the walking and the and right. the and the stuff that stuff that never bothered me because I I love the film so much. But I really can't argue against it. Like I, you know, you're right. It's bizarre. You're right. Like I don't know. This guy knows what he's doing. Dick Warlock, not so much. I mean, I don't want to trash the guy. He's obviously a a big part of. Uh, not that I haven't before, but he's he's, <laughs> he's obviously a big part of you know what we all you know everyone seems to love Halloween too the original um well and, and at least in this one when Laurie shoots right <laughs> you believe that she can shoot cuz she's shooting guns a lot in part 2 oh she's a dead eye <laughs> no pun intended he's the dead eye yeah. yeah he's the dead he's the, he's the dead eyes uh yeah like like uh he looked like he did in part 2 and he moved like he did in part 1 to me that is a fantastic combination Mm-hmm. Of Michael Myers, I think they just nailed that spot on. Speaking of Dead Eye, <laughs> I love that they brought back his damaged eye from where she stabbed him oh, in the eye. Oh yes, that is yes. awesome. Now, but, yeah, and and not only that, Jimmy. Now you mentioned Nick Castle, Alex, and the scenes that they brought him back for. First of all, you could tell it was him because that's another thing. They didn't really show his face, but they showed the side of his face. They showed glimpses of it all Nick Castle, which was nice. Are you sure about that? You're saying that when he was standing on the checkered board, you think that was Nick Castle? I do. I believe See, it is. I don't think it was. What, really? No. I'm pretty sure it is. I thought – I could have sworn I heard maybe even from him – that when he first puts the mask on at the gas station, that that's Nick Castle. Oh, okay. All right. The other guy, he had he was sort of taller than Nick Castle, and he had the shaved head and this and that. And I know Nick Castle, I've seen him since this started filming every month, and he never had that haircut or anything. And he never had – he probably has a longer beard then too, right? Because his beard pretty short in this one. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I met him – well, he introduced our show t- tonight – and that's when I met him for the first time. And this was all amidst this whole recording process. I love how I learn about that right now. That's so dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the director is David Gordon Green. Writer is David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Here's something that bums me out. I, I just found out. The uh, role of Allison, the granddaughter of uh, Lori. <sighs> Multiple popular actresses, including Lucy Hale and Emma Roberts, Met with Danny. Ouch. Mac- oh, I know. Met with Danny McBride to personally talk about this, and the studio decided they wanted to go back to the roots and cast an unknown. Now, I'm sorry. That's that's not as important to me as if Emma Roberts was the granddaughter. I would. This would be a, a 15 out of 10. <laughs> I would be in love with this movie on levels I can't even explain because. That this girl did fine. She wasn't bad or anything like that, but she wasn't spectacular. So, well, a lot of people have complained about her portrayal. I didn't have a problem with it personally, but that apparently it was a sticking point for some people. So, if they had gotten Emma Roberts, that would have been one less thing to worry about. Yeah. But why go with an unknown for her for Allison? But then use Judy Greer as the daughter. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, she's she's been around forever, and especially in horror films. So. Horror fans know who she is. Why? What difference does it make if the granddaughter's an unknown if you don't use an unknown for the daughter? I don't know. Like, flip-flop that, man. Get Emma Roberts, then give us an unknown daughter. Do you think Emma Roberts is a little too old to play that part? 
Well, I didn't even cons- I don't know. Maybe she doesn't look it. I, I know. I understand that. But do you think yeah. people would buy that? Uh, people oh. buy whatever you sell them if you sell it hard enough. And also, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she could she could look like a teenager. Uh, look like a she mm-hmm. could look like a like a. What about like Thaisa Farmiga? Uh oh, that would have worked. She's good. Yeah. yeah. Now wasn't Lucy Hale in Scream Four with Emma Roberts? Pretty sure she is. Um, I think you're right. I think I right. think I'm right too. No, um, but I thought I thought the casting. I didn't have any problem with with any of the casting. I didn't either. No, uh, I thought I thought that was really well done. And I mean, I know we're not, you know, we'll be hopping around a lot, but I know that the character of Laurie, man, like you got to rank this up there with with Jamie Lee Curtis's best performances. You have to. Oh yeah, I, I you was... have to. I was thinking th- this is probably her best performance um, in all of them. Like, we love her as Laurie in part one, but, you know, she didn't know anything about acting. And I think the thing that came through in that movie was the purity of the innocence. She's not really so savvy in the business. She is just as timid to be on a, on a movie set in real life as her character was to be walking down the street and every time you turn around you see this guy in a white mask whether it's right. the laundry or the bushes or the car or whatever you know so I think and uh, or uh, in the classroom when she looked across the street and I think like that was perfect for what it was for then right, right. but t- but pure talent of acting no this this was it and I love, um, and I do want to talk about, like, let's talk about Lori, um, uh, H2O Lori compared to this Lori. And I'm not knocking anything. I, I just, everything's just different. But I do feel that H2O Lori is a little more accurate of a depiction of where Lori Strode would be in life. She, she probably would have moved away, went across the country. She, she would have had, the way her issues straddled her and had her react and be paranoid and ask for another glass of Chardonnay and all these like great little things, that is really accurate. And I think that's what works so well in H2O. When you have this movie, they went like balls to the wall, like her whole life is completely obsessed, even though Michael's not her brother in this movie. So she just thinks that although she was a random person that he went after, he still would, for some reason, still come after her 40 years later, even though it's not the brother. And right. her whole life is like this new Sarah Connor survivalist, Lori. So I wonder, out of the two, what do you guys think was the more accurate depiction of where Lori would be at this point in time? I think that they're both accurate. Now, different timelines, I get it. But 20 years, right, at that point... I think that Lori might have been that way. But then you add in the whole family dynamic of, um, wh- you know, which way the kids went. So if they're if they're not about her and they're treating her a certain way because of the way they were raised and they're like, you need to calm the fuck down, then I could see her being like that, you know, kind of be like alone and realize that she's trying to save her family or whatever. But then it, 20 years, like, yeah, like I, I figure she would be there in the H2O timeline as well. So I think that they're both accurate. I think that they're both similar in a lot of ways. She's an alcoholic in both of them. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool, right? And she, instead of uh, 
chugging a Chardonnay. She's uh, drinking nips, watching the bus go by. Red, red wine. Oh, yeah, that too. Right, right. Right, right. And, but I, I loved everything about her performance because she did two things. She she kind of, you know, represented the badass. Like, she's, she's, she's got target practice going. She's got her fucking house all rigged up, ready to go for him. Um, and But at the same time, she still shows that that vulnerability the fragile side of her yeah. oh my god in just in in just certain looks like there's a look that she gives the podcasters when they ask her a question in the beginning of the movie and i'm like oh shit and because you forget like you said like she couldn't act back then like i think she does a serviceable job in the first one it's not bad by any means no not, it's not like nancy from freaking nightmare on elm street right exactly it's great but it's just not as seasoned as this obviously but you you take her acting ability now and apply it to it. That's something I didn't think of because, like you said, you know we're trying to connect it to the first one, trying to you know forget about H two O, yeah, all, all that kind of thing. So you do forget though that yeah, she's a badass such an actress now, and I think that her portrayal was was spot on. Everything was I what I saw was the most dedicated person on screen every time Lori was on. Yep. Yep. But I, I do. OK, like I, I know we're not going to get into all the gripes, but I got to be honest with you guys. Like when this movie first started, we we got in the theater. It was, um, you know, that it just it just starts right away, first of all. Um, and that was a big thing for me. I didn't know how they were going to do that because. The opening shot to Halloween was iconic, so I was kind of expecting something like that for some. A little more iconic, yeah. It wasn't iconic at all, right? And and I'll be honest with you, as that scene played on, this is the scene with the podcasters when they go see Michael Myers and try and provoke him. When the how, by the time the Halloween credits came on screen, we just looked at each other and we were like, "Oh no." Because I fucking absolutely 100% hate that opening to this movie. <laughs> uh, and, and and listen, we're, we're just getting started with the review. But we, I was so fucking worried. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm like, what was that? I was like, that was ridiculous. Like, nothing about it was good to me. And it, it, it goes with my problems later on in the movie too uh with the with the uh podcasters subplot i understand that they were necessary in a lot of aspects but i i have more fucking reasons as to why they weren't necessary at all and they just added a stupid fucking element to it hmm yeah i think that both timelines have legitimate Lorries, and because people react to things in different ways, and people are affected by things in different ways, so you take this one lorry and H two O, and this is what happened to her twenty years later. Then you take this lorry, and this is what happened to her forty years later. They're different. And they do have their similarities, but they are vastly different in a lot of ways, but they're both completely legitimate. I don't think that you can look at any single person and say, you know what, you're reacting to that wrong. You know, because it's... it's ah, people always tell me that. You can't do it. I mean, because people react in their own way. I mean, there is no textbook way that you are required to react to something. 
that actually leads us directly to one of the big gripes that people have about this, and that is if they have no connection, if in fact they're not brother and sister, and this is where it, I just, first of all, grr, um, but <laughs> if if all of that is true, why does he go after her 40 years later? Well, first oh of all. Oh, my God, he doesn't. He doesn't. He but. doesn't. He is not obsessed with her. She is obsessed with him. Exactly. He doesn't even know she exists. The only reason he ends up at her house is because of a whole other character who orchestrated that whole thing. Right. And forced him to end up at her house. Otherwise, he's going about his business doing Michael things. Now, Jamie, they should have not titled this movie Halloween, but they should have titled it He's Just Not That Into You Part 2. Ah, there you go. So then what do they do? They take him, they lock him up, right? right? 15 years later, he gets out. And what does he do? He goes in a random killing spree again, just as random right. as right. the first time. The only reason he went after her that time was because she happened to have the unfortunate act of dropping off the key at his house right. that morning. She right. caught his eye. That's it. There was no sister connection because that didn't exist. And for all you people who think it existed in the first one, I'm sorry, it didn't. It never was. Okay? It, uh, he was even obsessed with Tommy Doyle. You think he was riding around staring at him leave the schoolyard because of Lori? Right. You're right. No. He saw right. him. He saw him at the same time. So he he went to his school too. I mean, that's something that no one ever brings up, but right. it did happen. We watched that happen. You know, when Tommy Doyle breaks the pumpkin. Um, so he followed her. He followed her friends. He went after her. You know, he killed who he killed, and that was the thing. Then eventually, uh, apparently, he got caught again, which we don't actually see. Uh, that, okay, how about that? That's talk my about, problem. I yes. was bummed out about that too. Because, like, the whole thing is, you know, Loomis, uh, he looks out, and Michael's not there. So Michael gets shot off the balcony, lands. Everything happened, like, in part one. What are you saying? Are you saying that when he was breathing at the end of part one and the last shot was his old house, that they eventually just went there, found him, and brought him to the Smith, locked him up again? I mean, I think that's what we're supposed to ascertain is that they why not give us anything though like, do you guys feel like is it i'll tell you exactly why dude check this out they also by the way made the connection with the coach from remember the titans that he was the first responder right that was his connection to Lori, the cop the the dude right okay so they actually were going to film that scene dude they had a donald pleasance lookalike like legit the scene with the mannequins um later on in the movie in Lori's house where in that scene that's actually a replica of their room in the original movie that they were going to use right for, for this opening right now I guess Carpenter said no scrapped it says you don't need it I think that that would have been the best way to kick off a movie take us back to that night even if it's for like five minutes to whatever two minutes even and and show that scene play out I think that would have been the best beginning, especially compared to the one that we got. Like, I thought that that was. Yeah, would've... since it wasn't iconic or anything, yeah. And I think that I mean, it kind of. It, it would beginning. have been kind of neat because Halloween right. 2 did the same thing. Exactly. So it would have been like. Been this, is, to death. this is what happens when you go in this direction, right. and this is what happens when you go. In, but this is what really happened. It'd be like Clue. Right. Um, <laughs> you could pick your own ending. 
<laughs> that would have been neat. Uh, but I just, I personally don't think it's necessary because I think that you don't need to show. I mean, the fact that he is in custody is enough for me to go, oh, they caught him. Like, that's all I need. I, yeah, I, I yes, understand but... that. I just I just compare it to the beginning that we got. And I think that I going back I... to that night to kick off the movie without using a, a, a long tracking shot like they did in the original to open it, you need something. And I think that would have been special and cool enough and such a badass way to start the film that I, I'm very, very disappointed that they didn't. But whatever. Actually, that would have been neat. I hadn't considered right? that before. I really yeah. hadn't because the opening didn't even bother me, but yeah. I hadn't considered it, but now that you bring it up, that would have been a cool direction to go in. It, it would have. I think it would have been just a neat alternate you know, like I said, like veering off in this direction versus right. veering off in that direction. Right. But um, anyway, so but basically, again, when he gets out this time, he's just doing exactly what he did when he got out 40 years ago. He's just doing Michael stuff. That's all right. he's doing. He's and then, just doing Michael things. Which I'm is always. another complaint that people have is that he's just randomly walking around town killing people. Well, that's what the fuck he does. Right. He's like, you know what? I, I actually liken it to um, – and I brought this up to, to Brian and he was like, okay. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this is what I think of. You know how like if you, cat, if you catch a bug under yep. a glass yep. and it just keeps walking? Like it right. just keeps walking, just keeps right. walking. You just if keeps, you if you right. lift up the glass, it'll just keep walking, and then you put the glass back down, it just keeps walking. But then you lift up the glass again, it just keeps walking. Like it doesn't, it just continues to go about its business. Right. You interrupt it periodically. In this case, you interrupt it for fifteen years, and then you interrupt it again for another forty. But when you when you pick up the glass off of Michael Myers, he just keeps going in the same direction he was already going. And that is, right. he's just doing Michael stuff. He's just killing people. And meanwhile, she over here has this horrid obsession, which again, is very realistic and legitimate because to her, right. this is the biggest thing that has ever happened in her life. He is responsible for her being twice divorced. He is responsible for her living as a recluse. He is responsible for her being an alcoholic and for losing her daughter and not having a deep relationship with her <laughs> granddaughter because of that. And this has been festering in her for 40 years. If you have ever known anyone in real life who has suffered a stalking or um, any kind of traumatic event like a murder or anything like that, you will realize that, yes, it becomes their everything. You know, um, I don't remember now. I don't care for the I don't care for Nev Campbell uh, in Scream 3. Like, but it's basically the same thing. Right. You know, she was traumatized twice and she ended up living like a hermit in the woods, working with a victim hotline, where, you know, completely cutting herself off from everyone with all of these security safety measures. And, yeah, it seems extreme if you've never been in that situation, mm -hmm. but it is a real thing. I mean, people do really react this way. Another story I thought of was, and this is, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. There's um, <laughs> several years ago, and I say several, it was probably like 20. I was watching a documentary <laughs> about black widows yeah. and there was a guy who was bitten by a black widow. And if you know anything about the Black Widow anti-venom, it, it is very difficult to produce and it's very rare. Like it's it's hard to make and they have very small quantities of it. So if you are a like an average adult with 
uh, reasonably healthy average adult, they won't give it to you. You have to basically ride it out. Um, they will give it to young people. They will give it to immunocompromised people. They will give it to older people. But if you were just a reasonably healthy adult, if you get bitten by a black widow, then you just got to deal with it. Um, at least at this point, I'm not sure if anything has updated. But um, anyway, so he was, but it's all, it's tremendously painful. You were tremendously sick for a very long time. I mean, like it, it takes a lot out of you. He was so traumatized by this event that for 20 years after he was initially bitten, he went out with a headlamp every single night of his life. And I am not making this up and I'm, and I'm, this is not hyperbole. He went out every single night of his life with a headlamp on to kill every single Black Widow spider he could find. Oh, shit. Now, that is an obsession, but is an obsession born from trauma. That is a real-life case story, and so could this be. Right. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with that. For sure. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, if something like that happens to you, if something that huge affects your life, then yes, it is completely reasonable and Absolutely. legitimate that you would spend your entire life obsessing over it. It does oh, happen. Absolutely, without a doubt. And I think that I, I also like how they kind of address that in the movie when the kid's talking. And he says, he was like, what's the big deal? He was like, that's, you know, he's like, that's nothing by today's standards. It kind of gives the whole scope of like, it's true in a sense too. like if you really look at it like, oh, that's only a couple people. But then like Jamie just said, if you look at it from a personal perspective, like that happens all the time. Like it, you don't if you're a part of seeing people die in front of you, um, I don't care if it's one, two, three, like that's going to affect you, you know? And they address that in the horror movie sense where, oh, that, that was nothing compared to like today's standards. Ha ha ha. But at the, in the same note, it does kind of shine the light on the fact that like, yeah, like Jamie just said, that's a incredibly traumatizing situation, regardless of how, you know, the general public sees it or the viewing audience in our way, in our. Well, that just goes to show that in real, I mean, honestly, his statement is a, is a really good reflection of how the general public views any kind of traumatic event. Exactly. If it, if right. it doesn't affect you directly, then it what's or, the big deal? Ex that. Thank you. you Get over it. So it. Than, you just said it so much better. No, than I, I, that's no. That's what I was trying to say. I, right. I right. did. You actually. You you nailed it. But I. But yeah. I mean, the 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 the, the general consensus seems to be that if I'm not affected by it, why can't you just get over it? Right, right, yeah. Would you guys want to rate this movie? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so man, we said in-depth discussion. Yeah, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> so yeah, H2O is really not that good, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Moving along. And it was also legitimate. Also, I mean, that's the thing is that I think you could go either way and it'd be believable. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it was both times. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the, uh, the new Dr. Loomis. And that's funny how Lori says that just uh, for, uh, for our uh, right. benefit. So um, I like this guy. I thought he had really good delivery. I liked his voice. 
it was a little close to pleasant, so it was like, well, I I get what they're doing, but he actually was a likable character, and as the thing goes on, he he wants to board the bus that Michael's transferring in, so you just figure, well, he's uh, he's been watching over him, he's kind of like sort of obsessed with him, sort of the way Loomis was, like, that's his whole world and everything, he's totally uh, unfulfilled with Michael, though, because he's fascinated by the the night of 1963. He's fascinated by 1978. But since he's been uh, in care of Michael, Michael really just does what Loomis said he did. He just sits there. He doesn't even move, doesn't talk, doesn't do anything. And he just stares all the time. And that must be, like, pretty depressing for this doctor who's just trying to get anything out of him. And he even goes so far as to let two podcasters heckle him with a mask and everything and he keeps nodding yeah yeah keep doing it go ahead because he's just looking he just wants anything out of this like he's so desperate so he boards this bus uh it's never made clear but i think what we're supposed to put together is that he caused this crash right um he obviously he's not chained up like these other guys so he's the only one who actually has access to the probably the driver to make anything happen we know that he has a knife on him and stuff. So, bus flips and uh, everyone's just wandering around. And homage to part one when Loomis and Marion pull up to Smith's Girls and everyone's wandering around. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael uh, escapes through, uh, I guess we'll get to, to killing a kid and everything. So that's cool to finally see that. But we'll get back to that. But <laughs> let's get to the doctor because that's a big point of controversy now. He's shot, he's helped, he's wandering around with the cops looking for Michael. They finally find him. Mm -hmm. The cop hits him with his car, just like Ben Tramer got hit, or you could say, or you could say it's an homage. I think it's more Ben Tramer, but I think it's more, or or some people think it's more of an homage to Halloween 4 when Rachel hit him with the truck, whatever. Uh, I guess you could go either way with that. Again. uh, Oh, and Lori and H2O did it too. Um, you know, take from it what you will. Yeah. Yeah. So they do this. Michael's knocked out. The psychiatrist doesn't even seem worried about that as if, well, it's not going to kill him. So he's not even that all worried about it. But he doesn't <laughs> he's want... Michael Myers. He's all right. Yeah. But he doesn't want the cop to shoot him. He says earlier, he's a, you know, you can't shoot him. You know, he's... I forget what he's... He didn't say national treasure, but he said something. So... <laughs> We know that he doesn't want Michael dead. So the cop looks like he's right about to pop Michael right in the head. This guy, out of nowhere, gets up and stabs his fucking cop in the neck. Now, I gotta be honest. I lit, My jaw dropped. I was like, what? Then I right. looked at my friends next to me. I was like, dude, what the fuck are we watching? And I'm, and, and I'm not even saying that in a negative way. I really didn't get it. Then all of a sudden, the, the guy goes, wow. So that's what that feels like. And he's like looking at Michael. Then you think this scene where he gets up and he has the fucking the mask on of Michael. And it's like people think it's ridiculous. Um, but think about it. Like he's completely obsessed. He just wants a, a taste of any of this historical value, even though it's not as big as it is for us. Because no matter what we're dismissing, we all know that Michael has been doing this for 40 years on and off in this guy's eyes it's only two nights he's done anything 
but he sees it the way we see all of this and this whole uh, allure of Michael and the whole historical value. But he's so fucking whacked out, like all these fans and these groups and stuff and the guys who will argue with you for hours, they're just as obsessed with Michael Myers as this guy is. So this isn't hard for me to believe. This guy is like Darnell Weeks. He's like Montgomery. He's like <laughs> all these fucking weird people who like right. obsess and even think Resurrection's great just because Michael's in it. So... I, I, or I don't people a, who like have pants on their wall or watch the or watch yeah. part six over and over. Like if Michael <laughs> J just went to college and s- somehow became a doctor, this is what he'd be. So I, I'm I'm really not that. I don't think this is crazy to me. So when he puts that mask on, he'd be a little gimpier. <laughs> yeah. Just think of like. If you were obsessed, you got to kill somebody. Michael's right there. You're wearing his mask. It's Halloween night. It, this is a fucking rush thrill ride for you. We're no one saying that he's supposed to be a normal guy or this is what most people do. No one's saying that. But think mm-hmm. about it. It's not that crazy. Wait, what's the topper? Well, now the only way to top this night is to get you and the classic Lori Strode together again, and she's still living in the area. I'm going to bring you right there, and God, I... F- yeah, it's like his ultimate death match. Right. He, that's like the, the, the grand thing here, and not only does he now not just see Michael standing around, he gets to see him kill people, goes after the classic girl herself, and then that's all. So my take on it is that it's acceptable. Um, they had to do it because the original thing, Lori was supposed to like either shoot Michael while she saw him in the bus or whatever, or do something, maybe make the bus flip herself, get him out of it and kill him. So people saw that or something in the test audience or somebody read it and they said, no, this is absolutely it's the stupidest thing ever. We'll have somebody else get him out. So okay. this is what they yeah, did. Yeah, I mean, it was a plot device. Right. It was necessary. I don't, I mean, as far as, like, moving the plot along, I don't think it was um, necessary from a character point of view because, like, this whole turn, like I said, and when we were talking privately about this, um, his turn is, like, yes, it was shocking in that I didn't see that coming, but it didn't shock me as far as his character is concerned because I don't know this guy and I don't care about this guy. Like, I don't know anything about him. So I wasn't like, what? Not that guy. Um... But then the more I think about it, I'm like, okay, yeah, they needed a way to get him out of the bus. They needed a way to get him to her house because, newsflash, he's not going after, after her. her, you know. So they need – he's not going to go there on his own, you know. Yes, he's not. They need a way to get him there. And uh, he's basically just the same as the podcasters being the reason right. that he got the mask. Right. You know, there, it's just a reason to get things where they need to be. All right. So, so we're here. We're we're here, Jamie. Oh, you ready to battle? Man, don't don't make me. Don't. We're here. No, no, no. She used to like you. Other than, <laughs> other than, well, no. The the beginning comes second. My biggest problem with this movie stems from this, from this fucking guy, and I'll tell you exactly why. Okay, to make the bus crash, was he necessary? Not really. They could have done a million other fucking things. And I know it is. I actually thought that what was going to happen with Lori. Uh, with what you said, what would have happened with Lori was going to happen. I, because she was following the bus, you know, like we said, she's sitting out there with nips. She cares. She's so obsessed. that's why that scene is still in there is because initially they were going that direction Uh and they, you know, already had that stuff. And so, 
Yeah, I mean, so, now that makes sense. I didn't even know that. Like, until right. Alex just told us, I didn't realize that was a direction they were planning to go, but it makes total sense now, you right. know? Yep. It, it goes into another portion of the film, too, but it just, I have to connect the two. So, they spend a lot of fucking time with this doctor explaining how, okay, yeah, he got him out, but then more importantly, how he's trying to get Michael and Lori together, right? Now, we said earlier... The best part of the original is how he stalks Laurie randomly. And like you said, Jamie, he's like one of those things that just keeps bumping into the walls, just keeps going and just kills people in the meantime. Absolutely. Like, that's the randomness of it. Um, is anybody else forgetting the fact that Michael and Laurie actually met before that in this movie? And they met him randomly at the granddaughter's friend's house? Does anybody realize that? They met randomly before. She fucking shot him. Yeah, that... I don't even understand that scene where he got shot in the throat and suddenly he disappears. But this is so big, though. Is that what this you're talking is... about, that moment? Yeah, yeah, when, when she, she shoots, shoots him through the window, right? She shoots him through the window first. Well, it was a mirror, so the window was on the other side of where she shot, right? Yeah, but then she shoots him. It's when her and the cop meet up, and you find out for the first time that her and the cop know each other from that original night. Wait, but what do you from... think that means, though? Like, you're saying, but he didn't know where she lived. Right, exactly. Okay, but that, that's, that's just what I'm an trying... example of her going after him. Right. Right, but, right. He notice how one of that's actually one of my favorite shots in the film. I think it's hilarious. Is after she shoots through the window, yeah. then the very next shot you get is Michael like speed walking down the hall, like he's like right, right. <laughs> he's yes. like he's like oh what the fuck is this you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like what's going on here no, I but, love I love that you know but, um, but for me though it's just it's a lot of setting up to get these two together but more oh you're saying they should have just had him come out and she was standing there and then it just they it confront. just shows that they oh and then done. they wouldn't have had to have the doctor no no oh here's okay Dan I, I could fill it in for you. The reason this had to happen is because. Well, Dan, he's just trying to say it. No, we... it's it. But no, go ahead. No, no I know what. I, I could. I could get rid of this whole thing because <laughs> no. he had to go to her house because that's where the whole trap was. She could like. I get... They're not going to have a showdown in the street. The whole point was that she, they built this elaborate thing with all the doors closing and the thing. It's and the gas lines that they they for some reason wanted that to be the ending. So they had to get him there. And I understand that. Do I think it makes sense from a storytelling point of view? Not really. I get it that they need to get him there, but I just think that's a lot of that's a lot of work, right, to get them together. Not just that in itself, but the fact that they actually did the exact opposite and had them meet randomly. Even though I had a huge problem with it, like while watching with it, I'm like, I, I don't need this or whatever. It didn't really take away from my enjoyment of the film that much at all. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm pointing at it. I'm, I'm saying this, this point doesn't make sense. But Jesus Christ, neither does the fact that fucking Michael parked right across the street in the first one. Dr. Loomis didn't even fucking see it. Right. Till the end. I'm gonna say, Come like, on. We're talking like, about things that you could do to any of these movies, even right. part one. So like... Well, but it's like, I don't know, there's something about a distance of a movie or something, or something about nostalgia, whatever it is, people really forgive a ton of shit about movies that are fucked up, and yet they have such a problem with everything that is new. And even if it's in the same franchise, especially if it is, uh, I don't know, it just 
people are just not as forgiving to like you. You say you. I'm not. This is not about you, but yeah. like you say you want a new Halloween. You say you just get it back to what it was, and people do this shit, and all you fucking do is nitpick and pick out little bullshit things. That who gives a fuck? And, who and gives well, I mean, fuck? if you want to get serious about it, I mean, Halloween, the original Halloween, is considered one of the greatest horror films right. of all time, if not one of the greatest films of all time. I mean, it is actually in the you know in the Library of Congress or right. whatever. Um, it, it's if you look like really start to pick that apart, there are things about that that don't make sense. Like, why was he? Why did he take this field trip in the middle of the day to go to the cemetery to to dig up this headstone, which weighs a shit ton, by the way? You know, put that in the car, drive it over to this house, haul it up the stairs. Like, what the fuck? Right to <laughs> pose some random. To pose some random chick in front of it, what does that even mean? It doesn't right. mean anything. It means nothing. Why did Loomis go there to even discover well, it being exactly? Gone? And I said that uh, I think it was last year when we watched it. I turned to Brian and I'm like, "Now, why did he do this again? <laughs> because it's not like the cemetery contacted him and said, "Hey, something. We've had some vandalism." They didn't even know about it. It was his idea to go to the cemetery. Why do they do it? So he didn't know. He had no they idea. Just discovered and and like. That is the most random bullshit scene right. for yep. what? To lead us to a story about a guy killing his family that we don't even get to hear the end of? <laughs> right, right, Charlie Bold. Well, and it's like, uh. and it's like, yeah, and people say, oh, in this movie, the way he grabbed that lady's head, smacked it, and then ram a knife through her neck, and all these kills were way too, this is like, almost like Jason kills and stuff, and it's oh, like, please. he's too powerful. I go, how do you even, t- how do you lift a tombstone that weighs that much out of the ground, haul it upstairs? He's powerful. <laughs> yeah, he was powerful. This wasn't ramped up, absolutely. It, but it's yeah, but ramped up for today's audiences. To. You think exactly. anybody going in that theater wants to see him reach around and just choke somebody in a car? And and it needs to be updated. And they did right. that car kill with the kid when he killed that yeah. little dancing kid. Right, there. but you know what? But they upped it up by making him a kid. Right, but that's the thing, and I totally, totally agree with what you said, dude. Where you you absolutely have to update it, and you know, people like you can't do the original Halloween today. People would be like, "This is boring as fuck." They'd walk right out of the theater. They, they, they do exactly. say that now about it, the original right. Halloween. You know, it, it, right. I personally fucking love Coppa Lantern. I think that is <laughs> that is a that is an yeah. amazing moment. But I, here's the the funny thing is when I saw the trailers for this film. Before way before it was released, and we get that moment in the trailer where he comes into the bathroom and sprinkles the teeth onto the right. ground, and it looks all gritty, you know, like he it it looks dirty, it looks grimy, it almost looks like like I okay. got scared for a moment that they were leaning toward Rob Zombie right there, right, and I was like, please don't do that, please don't. I mean, and it's not you know I don't have an issue with Rob Zombie's aesthetics, like they are, you know he. he 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 definitely has a, a cool visual style that I don't have a problem with, but if we're talking about bouncing, and at this point we already knew we're going to be bouncing off strictly the original film here, I wanted to keep it more in line with how the original film was, you know. So I didn't want that over the top crazy gore and violence like you'd get from a zombie film, you know, where somebody's like ripping somebody end to end and blood spraying everywhere. Like I didn't really want that, so I was afraid of it. But then when I went to see this film, I was relieved because I think they found a really nice balance, balance. Be- between the the very 
non-existent gore of the first one. And to me, this was it had its gory moments like Coppa Lantern, like I mentioned, and, the, you know, the bathroom and the, the beat. head stomping. But oh, that was great. Um, but there still were it still was reserved, you know, when you, you know, you think of it in terms of other more gory films. Right. Right, exactly. And I think you're right, Jamie, when you said the balance. Now, I think something that people would recognize, now whether you like this or not, is a whole other debate, but there's actually a lot of off-screen kills in this movie as well. Yeah, like the the reverse Bob kill, where the kid was facing the wall and he was stabbed up against the wall. Yeah, There, there were quite a few, and, and I think that whether you like that or not, like whatever, but... It, it is balanced, and there is one very over-the-top kill that I fucking love. I know you guys know what I'm talking about, but, like, it's so fucking perfect. But they didn't do that throughout the whole movie. I think that they found a perfect perfect balance, you know? Yeah, and, and I honestly think the woman in the window that you were referenced earlier. I love that. I think that was a very subtle. I loved it. You know, I, I, don't, th- I don't feel like that was a Jason kill at all. I, I think it was... Very subtle, but it was very effective. I mean, it's not like her, you know, everything was sprayed all over the place and, you know, shit was hanging out. I mean, that didn't happen. It was, you know, very contained. I heard CGI was the complaint a lot there, too. But my audience, when we saw that film, my audience reacted stronger to that kill than any other kill in the movie. me too. Can can, can we talk about that scene, that whole scene? Ah, the tracking shot? Oh, my dude. That was favorite like, part of the fucking movie. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Can we go through it? Please? I, I, I thought this is what I have been waiting for. Please, please, please. <laughs> for for twenty years. I right, dude. Right. Okay. So right out of the gate, right? He's walking, bumps into the kids from Halloween three. Boom. Or the mask. No, he right? no. He actually bumps into the boombox boy from Halloween two. He does? Yeah. Okay, but he passes the kids. Yeah, those other kids do at some point walk past, yeah. Yep. Okay, right there. And then, obviously, that leads into the to the Elrod. I want to say tribute because they actually refer to Mr. Elrod later. Yeah, I didn't like that. I thought that was a little too, too on, on the note. Yeah. I thought they should have just done what they did and then someone else could be that guy in the backyard, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but and, oh, by the way, that fat kid. By the way, I didn't like him. The fat fucking friend that that got that. There was another off-screen kill, by the way, but I uh, didn't. I thought he was a little too much. Wasn't really necessary. But I get it. It's a Halloween kill. Whatever. I was okay with him. But you know where I think they kind of dropped the ball on this whole thing. It was an interesting setup. The motion detector because when it turned off, when Michael moved, it never picked up on him. Now, that was kind of interesting, and it only picked up when the the fat kid moved. Oh, right. The problem with it, though, is that it was so good, and and it seemed like this is going to be fucking great. Every time it went off, he was somewhere else, then he was here, and you're just like, oh, God, when this thing goes back on, he's going to either be right in this kid's face or whatever the fuck. And something just went wrong with editing or filming or something because when it went back on for the big grand finale jump scare, it was no jump scare. All It's so distracting because Michael swipes at the kid. So now I'm wondering, am I supposed to be focused on – did he hit – oh, wait. The kid's running. Wait, wait. Mm -hmm. What what just happened? Wait. Where where was he – I don't get it. What, what am I looking at? Like, 
where is the fucking jump scare when it goes back on? All I saw was a swipe. I don't know what he hit, if he hit him. I don't know what the fuck's happening. All I know is now we're chasing this kid. I'm just like, what the fuck did you just do to a scene that right. was going to be so great? Right, right. What did I miss here? But right. right, am I the only one who was wondering where the big great ending of this whole great setup was? Right, exactly. And then it showed him just hanging on the fence post. And I'm like, okay, so now we're just wondering if the girl's going to hear him scream. Right, <laughs> right. What happened to what I was wondering five seconds ago? Yeah. I don't know. It was just a weird... Right. And plus, again, it doesn't kill the movie, whatever, the, you know. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah, but it's disappointing, that little that point. I agree. Let's get back to the tracking shot. No. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, somehow <laughs> no, we got no, to No, 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 but no, you're, you're absolutely right, though, and I agree with that. But, um... Yeah, let's get back to the... Oh, yeah, so the kill in the kitchen. I like how you don't see anything, and the chair just gets knocked over. It's very dark. Very dark. Yeah, like, like obviously, an Elrod thing or whatever. Now, it keeps going. The tracking track keeps going. Now, by this point, it's like... I'm sorry, but they are doing so much in this one scene. Like he said, like tribute to Halloween 2, tribute to Halloween 3, another tribute to Halloween 2. Then they go back. You find out that Michael does draw the line at babies. Now, that's everybody saying, why would he give a shit? How old do they have to be at this point before he kills them? Right. I, I, there's no challenge in a baby, just like there are no challenge. He doesn't kill mental patients either. I think that if he's threatened, like he was threatened by that kid because the kid was going to call the cops, then that's when he'll draw the line. Like if that baby was a threat to him, he probably would have opted, you know? That'd be one badass baby. That's a badass baby. I think, you know, he's just like, why waste his time? He doesn't have time for that shit. You know, um, just like in Halloween 2, he didn't kill Mr. and Mrs. Elrod. Right. Because they were old. They're no threat. Right. So, um... I mean, they're not, it's not even a challenge. It's not, it's not, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I think he has better things to do. It didn't surprise me at all that he didn't kill the baby. I was expecting that. It it, it did yeah. surprise me that he, in a good way, that he killed the kid. Because I was like, right. are you going to do this? Are you going to do this? And they did it. Uh, and I'm don't like, pussy out on me, motherfucker. You know, yeah. And they did it. And I'm like, yes, there you go. You know, so I was happy about that. Right. Um, but I don't think that should really be a shock, shock anyway, considering he was, um, he right. wouldn't have had a problem killing Jamie Lloyd if you go with right. the which of course is a different timeline and blah 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 i know right. but people who were just focusing on well michael myers wouldn't do that blah 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 you know yeah he would you know <laughs> he, right. he would so yeah. um i and i'm i was actually refreshed that they did now right it, oh absolutely now after he goes by the baby what did you guys think of that kill like we said with the knife through the throat i thought that the tracking shot would like it was so on point of how oh, they did dude, it how- he looked in the window and he saw his reflection oh and and i will i i do know that like okay for i don't know i personally like this is my favorite shot of the movie right after that kill which is, like we said, literally um, the balance of the kills, like we said, with the Elrod kill off screen, then it continues, it goes, and then you get the brutal one, and that wasn't necessarily a typical kill either, that was a knife through the fucking, enter the back of the throat through the front, pretty fucking badass, right? But as this is going on, like, I, 
holy shit. Like, I was so fucking into this movie at this moment. Um, like, I was fucking jamming out in my seat. I was fucking <laughs> shaking. My head's bobbing. I'm like, yes, go, go. Like, the fucking Patriots are running. Do your it. thing, baby. It's, Do your thing. And then, and then, it fucking, and I know this is fucking on purpose, but then it culminates with the score and everything when he opens that fucking door back up and he's out in the streets again with the kids. That is, I think, the greatest fucking moment of this movie. The score just builds, builds. As soon as he opens those doors, the the Halloween ambiance is so fucking heightened in that one shot. You got all the kids running around, all the fucking pumpkins, the lights, everything. And to think about it, it's fucked up after what he just did, just murking people. And he just walks right up, right out, right through the people again. Like, that to me encapsulates Halloween in that one fucking shot. And that one fucking moment where he opens that girl's door back up to go back into the street after, you know, going into those two houses. I thought that was so fucking perfect. And in that moment, I was like, holy shit, this this fucking movie is incredible. Well, I mean, uh, to me, I, I think you nailed it when you said it encapsulates Halloween. It encapsulates Michael Myers. This is what right. I mean. You don't stop him. He's going to keep going. And he doesn't care. Like, it's not like he's sneaking around. Right. Right. You know, he's not hiding. No. He's just walking and doing like right. he's just like, oh, 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 I see this. And I, it's kind of funny. Like, on one hand, I think it lacks suspense. Like, there is it no does. suspense here because you're just watching. You're following him and you're watching him do this stuff. So, you know, what's going to happen. There's no shock. There's no surprise. Right. So, yeah, there's that. But you also have like the un unmitigated glee of just watching him do his thing and like you know he's walking down the street oh there's one and then he's like, right, you know right. and then he goes he's, and he's, he's like exactly exactly you know <laughs> um and you know then of course i guess people say well why didn't he kill the kids in the street um oh well because they're in the middle of the street i mean like he's not stupid like why? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want all the cops after him well no he's probably thinking well, fuck, I did this once before and they got me real quick. So I'm going to fucking just be a little bit more careful. Like, I feel like he learned more from his last stint in Smith's Grove than he did the first time. And mainly that was a that was a nod to right. the first one, which a lot of people also have issue with, is that the fact that they keep doing all these nods to the sequels. What why are they nodding? Why are they nodding no. to the sequels if they don't exist? You blah, blah, blah. That's well, insane. Fan service, you dick. It's you like, that's that's for, that's for specifically for us, because they're saying, yeah, we get that there are all these other movies out here, and we're forcing you to ignore them, and you may be a huge fan of all those movies. We understand that, so here's a little something for you. And right. also for for us because we happen to be Halloween fans too. You know, people who made the movie. I mean, it's it's like they they get it. And um I personally every time I saw one of those little things, it made me that much happier because right. you know you're dealing with people who understand, who right. actually have seen the films. You know, yep. they're not pulling a Ronnie U here where they've no. never seen the movies, you know. They these are people who get it. Right. And if anybody has not realized, this movie is The Force Awakens. This is identical. Like, everything that Star Wars movie was to Star Wars and Star Wars fans, that is exactly what this is. 
bringing back all the old school people, doing a bunch of nods, doing words like Lori's, uh, all the, you know, Easter eggs, whatever you want to call them that we get. Lori saying, that's the idea. You know, like all this stuff. Um, having Nick Castle come back to do this, having Jamie Lee Curtis come back, having this whole tracking shot that's complete fan service, having the opening credits identical to the original movie, like having John Carpenter do the music, having Michael finally look like Michael again. I mean, this was just... This was The Force Awakens. It's identical. Right. And people are even complaining the same way they complained about Force Awakens. Yeah. They said, Force Awakens is a fucking the same shit as The New Hope. It's just updated for today. I've already heard that this movie is the same goddamn thing as the original, just updated for today. It's the same thing. You can't make people happy. You know, either you give them what they want and they complain or you give them what they don't want and they complain. I mean, they're just they're going to complain. That's all there is to it. Like like people like everyone said the last three Star Wars those fucking shitty prequels were garbage. They did not make me feel like I was watching Star Wars. This was did not have the feel of the original. The characters were hardly there. This and that. So they make this Force Awakens. They have they they um it's the same feel, the same outline. It should make you feel like you're watching the old movies. But oh well, we don't want that either now because it's too much like the old movies and this and that. So they did the same. If you want to quote mistake here. Uh, oh, well, we'll make it feel like it's Halloween. You'll even get all these nods, and you'll feel like your all your movies are all in one big movie. It'll be great. No. Why did you do so many nods? Why don't you just focus on what's happening? You're too focused on the nods, and this fucking movie has so many holes in it, and blah, blah, and it's just a ripoff of part one, and blah. It's like, what the fuck do you want? You just got a bunch of movies. You hated Rob Zombie, because that's not Michael. This isn't this. It's trashy. So we give you everything you seemingly want, and you still have fucking nothing but problems. And I'm not even saying this. To put a blanket on on the majority, I think the majority of people like this movie. Right, right. I think so too. I mean, most yeah. most people have been saying positive things. Right. You know, if you if you look at interviews with David Gordon Green and yeah, um, uh, Danny McBride. Uh, Danny, thank you, Danny McBride. It is. They are so excited yes and they're so happy and david gordon green says things like you know he's like i'm just he's like i I," he says things like you know i'm so excited to see the response i think people are really going to be happy with this like that's what they want they want people to enjoy it they want people to have fun with it they want people to say you know thank you for giving us everything that we've been saying that we wanted all of these years no jamie no i'm wondering why she said grandmother because that's really that's what this whole movie is uh, while about. While you're laughing over there, Dan, your girlfriend is partly responsible for that one, dude. Listen, I was like, Lacey, not you too. Hey, no, listen, guys, no. See, here's the thing. I think that Jamie, you're right in the aspect where, like, okay, so to provide some context, that's what you used to call your grandmother, or you've heard people call. I had grandmother? a grandmother that was a grandmother. Alex did too, as a matter of fact. Okay. My best, my best friend had a grandmother who was a grandmother. Now, and they're for very different reasons. My right. grandmother was grandmother because we weren't close. My best friend's grandmother was grandmother because she was a snooty bitch. She, <laughs> she, she forced, 
she when they're when they're when her grandkids were growing oh. up, she said, "We will be called Grandmother and Pop." That was okay. the names that she gave them to call them. Like that was her. My grandmother was just grandmother because we didn't have a good relationship. We weren't. We didn't have a close relationship. Okay. So it it was it was a kind of a, a distancing thing, you know. Right. Right. Which I think is what happened here. I mean, I think that's the whole point here is that it's meant. To, it's meant to indicate that they weren't raised together, um, or they weren't raised. I mean, she wasn't raised with her grandmother. She they even don't had have her it. own kid. Her own kid was taken away. So how is that kid's kids going to be close with Going to be close. Right. Now, it would be disingenuous for her to have a cutesy name like Mima. So, no, you're right. For a woman right. she doesn't even know. Now, Absolutely. she's trying to build a relationship, and I think after this moment, like after all of this that they've gone through, I think their familial bond will be a lot stronger, and they probably will develop a much closer relationship but i think the filmmakers here said you know what's a good way to indicate that they that they don't really have a strong relationship because they weren't raised together what should she call her well she could call her mama no that's stupid well she could call her p i mean like why don't we just have her call her grandmother that makes the most sense horror fans aren't stupid they're gonna figure that out <laughs> well, i can't believe it's really even a discussion like when when i was told about this i i said you guys are bullshit right and you're like no people actually out of every part of this movie someone decided to f to focus in that was the first controversy i heard of about this movie that was <laughs> no, out of the so, gate can you imagine if people did this to all those other ones like i'm so, the internet has ruined life Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, no. but Dan, you were you were attempting to say something, and I no, and I, no, no. It, it was funny because for us, it was just we just looked at each other with grandmother, and we kind of laughed, and that's all it was to us. I just like for me, and I think um, a, a good percentage of people that isn't the norm, and I understand from not. your perspective too. Okay, so for me, I just thought it was weird. She's thought the same thing, and we laughed about it. And then we saw a Facebook post after that where you're like you said, uh, Alex. People make such a big deal out of it. Listen. This going back to everything that you got, you guys were just talking about in terms of expectations. You get, there's nothing you can do to get this right. Um, and you're talking about interviews as well, Jamie. Danny McBride even said they were like, "So you're writing the new Halloween film? You excited?" He's like, uh, "Yeah, man. You know, it's uh, it's hard to keep the Halloween fans happy. Like they know that this." Yeah. You're not going to please everyone, but I'll, I'll echo what you said before, too, where I do think that the majority of people get it like and, and I'll be I'll be honest with you. The, the And this is the biggest change um, from me now, as opposed to like when we did the show a couple years ago, even. But as of now, in 2018, in October, I could fucking care less what people think. This movie made a ton of money for a reason. I loved it. I don't care if it's me being selfish. I don't care if it's uh, you can look at it. Me, yeah, like, you really are selfish, Dan. I just don't care. Like I got I everything don't think I wanted. I, I, I don't think you're required to. I don't think you have to right. care. I, and I don't I, either. You know, I don't give a fuck what people think about it. Like that was dope. I mean, I have actually gotten into several discussions, several, and it's, I call them discussions. But you know, some of the, some of some of them were more arguments. But there, I will will say discussions um, about certain aspects of this film. And on, you know what that stems from? Honestly, it's not that I give a shit right. whether, whether someone likes a movie or not. I I want you if if you don't. If you walk away from this not enjoying your experience, yet you are huge Halloween fan, like that is an important franchise to you, I really – I want you to – now this is going to sound condescending and I don't intend for it to, but it's 
I want you to dislike it for the right reasons. Like if you if you dislike a film, don't dislike it for something that is easily explained or dismissible. If if you I don't want that to ruin your experience, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, so if someone says this is the issue I have with this movie, otherwise I would absolutely love it. If I can fix that problem for you by saying, we'll look at it from this point of view. They're going to resist. And then you're going to end up loving the movie. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want to? I mean, really, that's it. I just I don't want you to hate this movie. I want you to get I want you to enjoy it because I think it's worthy of enjoying. And it's like, why? I don't want you to have a really horrible experience. That's not fun for anyone. I don't want that for you. So but you're right, though. They do. They resist it at every turn, no matter what you say. What you say. It's politics. It's politics. And you've watched it happen with me. You said the other day you watched it happen that I would approach this. Uh, the, I would approach it from numerous angles, no matter what angle I came from. from they were like, angle? they want to hold on to their initial reaction, and they feel if you sway them, even for a positive reason to enjoy, then it's like, oh, what? So what? You think my opinion doesn't count just because you came up with this? No, I'm still right about that. It's like that's what your life is. Yeah, exactly. And that's not even it. Like, it's not even like I have to be right. It's like, why do you want to hate something so bad? Why can't you just try to look at it from this point of view so you can enjoy it? What's wrong with that? You know, what's wrong wanting to have fun? I mean, some people just aren't happy unless they're hating something. It's just that's just the way it is. Like, I have to be angry about something. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say once they killed that kid on my first viewing. To the very end, I was so gripped in this. I literally, when this movie ended, I, w- I was like, what? It can't go on for another 30 minutes? Like, this was great. I can't believe this is over. The second time I watched it, I absorbed in everything in the beginning a lot better. So I think that's going to help you out, Dan. The beginning is not crazy iconic, but I think on second watch, since you already know what to expect, you're going to absorb this a lot better. Well... And I'm sad that I haven't. I'm going to go see it again soon. But I think that as much as I said timing, uh, given the first watch, uh, time to digest is very important. I think that probably, like you just said, the second watch is even more important because everybody's going in, um, you know, not knowing what to expect. Now that I've seen it and I've had time to digest or whatever. And like like we were saying before, too, about like even my gripes about the doctor and stuff like that. Like... I'll be honest with you. Those are my gripes, right? I just like fucking talking about Halloween movies. Like, it's fun. <laughs> Even if there's shit wrong with them, I just love, like, that didn't make sense. But, 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 like, like I said, it's not indicative of my feeling overall. Like, oh, I don't like this movie. Like, I fucking loved this movie. It's not, it's not without its problems with me, but I don't give a fuck. Right, exactly. Dude, like, you know what you should do? If somebody brings up grandmother again, you know what you do? You see, you, you post a bunch of pictures on their wall. You post, you post little rocks on the floor and Michael can't walk past them. You post a different, <laughs> you post right. a, a different Myers house. Right. Uh, to me, which is one of the most egregious things. I mean, they didn't even try to make it look the same. It was a right. completely different style, different color, right. different. I mean, imagine we got people who have a problem with grandmother. What the fuck would they have done if they had the internet when you went to a movie and it wasn't even the same fucking house? What right. would you have done then? What would you have done when the mask just changes for no reason back then? What would yeah, you... which, by the way, why has it taken them 40 years to be able to recreate the mask? I mean, Jesus I Christ, it can't be that hard. 
And they nailed it. Oh, they nailed perfection. it this time, but it took them fucking right. 40 years to do it. Like someone right. actually gave a shit enough to do it. But why is it so goddamn hard? Right. Like, and I don't know. But now, that's another well, thing. They got right. They got it right. Yeah, post, now, post the masks of all these movies. Post Buster Rhymes. Post the White Horse, even though I like that movie. But hey, post the White Horse. You know, like, remind <laughs> people of real shit that there is to discuss. Instead, you're worried about how a girl addresses Michael raped his sister and got her pregnant, right. but this girl called right. her grandmother grandmother. grandmother. God damn it. Holy <laughs> shit. I am done with this movie, man. You, uh, It's just, I just don't get it. You love to not like. Well, it's- now let's get into some other things, though, that I think that they really got right is the fucking score. I forgot oh, for a minute yeah. that Carpenter did it. the score. Dude, like, I bought I the vinyl, man. Oh my god. Okay. So when that when the Halloween theme hits, but it's different, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's very fucking guitar rockish fucking at some points, right? You guys know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, absolutely. It my mind, my thought process was I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I like it. Holy fucking shit, I love it. Like that it was that quick too. Like I, I needed a second to digest it because it was so new and it was very different, but I was like Holy fucking shit, I love that. And throughout the whole movie, I fucking think that they nailed, nailed. Oh, the cues too. The cues were all perfect. Yep, absolutely. That's important. That's very important. That was so important to the original movie. And I like how, um, like Jamie said about balance and how it related to the other thing, I think that the balance of using the old score with the new one and, and adding new elements to it were perfect. The one... The one musical cue that I didn't really like is when they played a slow down version of the Halloween theme um, when Lori was in the restaurant with the family. Oh, did they? I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. I, I, I was, I was so her her performance was so gripping. I really didn't even notice. Like, yeah, her, I really felt for her when she went to that table and it was all awkward and she took that drink and just fucking oh, down. Oh, yeah. I, she, I, she that was some that H2O shit. shit. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That was obviously an homage to the, my favorite Chardonnay joke, but like the, <laughs> it was it was just... I saw such a fragile person on screen. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis, God, she really... Said, "Fuck it, I'm I'm doing I'm going all the way with this one, blah blah blah." You know, and she's proud of it. She posts about this movie all the time right now on her Instagram. Um, she did a lot of press conferences where people said, "You know, do people ever try to scare you with the hockey mask?" You know, things like that. She was pissed. She, uh, yeah. Well, she should be because that's, that's great, though. That's great. Um, she, I saw an interview with her the other day where she was talking about how, you know, no, I didn't think I would ever do another Halloween movie, but you know, when I read this, um, and it was like, right. She read this script, she agreed to do the film. And then right after that, the whole me too movement started. And she's like, you know, real women who had real trauma started coming out. Yep. And she's like, at that moment, she's like, it was this weird symbiosis between, a film role and real life. And she's like, there are so many real Laurie Strodes out there who suffer some really horrible things and then, you know, move on with, you know, their lives and however it takes them in whatever direction it takes them. And I don't know. I just thought that was very cool that she seemed, she's very proud of this role. And I think she should be because she, I mean, she, her emotion was 
there. I mean, it was she poured every bit of it out. And the only thing I don't like about the restaurant scene yeah. is um, Judy Greer's awkward, uh, right. d- d- like she d- basically does this whole exposition dump about when she was bo- when she how she was raised. Mm-hmm. You know, at the when they're standing in the street after, and she's like, "Oh, I never right. told you how I was raised," and then and blah blah blah, and it just seemed to me kind of awkward and bizarre. Like, okay, well, that's a that, good place to put that. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, but. and and I also think that it plays into the end too, you guys. And um, I know we're not there just quite yet. There's, there's no, I, we don't do walkthroughs. You could say whatever you want. Okay, right? yeah. so the whole thing, right? It, that I was, I, I'm not that I'm confused about it. I'm just trying to see what they were going for with this. Now, are we to believe because when Judy Greer does that twist? where she basically plays victim, right? Oh, yeah, she's like, I can't do this, Mom. Okay, now, does that, what does that actually imply? Does that imply that she was faking it the whole time? Or do you think that she really did feel the way she did throughout the entire film, except for the end there, when she realized this is my fate and this is my life? I think she felt the way she portrayed that she felt the entire time. I think she she thought her mom was a nut. But until the end, though, right? But in the end, you know, when it's, yeah. I mean, in the end, though, when it's right in front of her face, when she right. can't deny that her mother was right all, at all this time, all those years of training kicked in um, and, you know, her survival instinct kicked in. And I absolutely love that moment where she's like, you know, she does that whole thing and then she's like, gotcha, you know. Right. I fucking love her turn when she just drops the emotion and then she just turns badass. I like Judy Greer anyway. I've always liked her. So she... I think did an amazing job there. And then uh, right after that, when they shut the, like when they shut the trap and then she says to Allison and she's like, you know, um, she's like, it's not a cage, honey. It's a trap. Yes. And I'm like, and there was like a bit of pride in her. Right. 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 Like history. Well, she's, everything is justified. All her craziness is now justified. Right. So she gets to say, well, See, and you guys thought I was crazy. Meanwhile, if she died a year later and he never showed up, then it'd be like, wow, she really wasted her life. Right, right. <laughs> she got to be, she got just, you know, that must be the greatest thrill in the world. Like, Think about all the money she had to have spent because, uh, I mean, at least it was worth it. Oh, the jigsaw house. Yeah, oh my God. I, I love those, I love those doors. I love the drop down doors that she, you know, she would check out a room and then drop down the door and then check down a room and then drop down a door. I thought that was really cool. That was I, dope. Yep. Well, they were, okay, I want to go back real quick. What do you guys think about the fucking American History X kill, first of all? Love it. Okay, right. That that was the one that I was referring to earlier, where it's completely over the top. I literally fucking screamed out loud when that happened because I thought. But it was it's so the bad. you know it's that um, you know that old trope about how in slasher films the person that you most want to see die gets the most horrible death. You know, right, right, like right. It, exactly. That's a that's a, a usual like the biggest asshole in the group is the one who gets maimed in the worst possible way. Think about the kills that did not happen. Like, the one kill that did happen, which is, I'm sorry, so random. And I, I really don't even know where we were in the movie when this happens. Like, in the sense that I didn't even know 
where everybody should be, where they were, how come someone didn't know where somebody was, and all this. When the dad was killed, because that was just like so random to me. Like the timing, the placement, it was so random. Um, you mean Ray? When he well, was killed in the yard? But here's the thing, though. When it comes to all this, you guys didn't think it was odd that the boyfriend who got drunk and kissed the girl and threw her phone in the pudding never got killed? Oh, I knew that was coming. Oh, right, right. And plus, well, wait, that yeah. and all three of the heroines, like... Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I know what you're saying, though, but um, I do think that... A lot of people worse... lived. There, there, there were some scenes, though, in this movie, like at the dance and stuff, where I do like it in a sense, and it does create that Halloween feel, that ambiance like we talked about. But at the same time, I do feel like a lot of this movie felt misjointed. No, and I said the same thing leaving the theater. Yeah. I, there were parts of it to me that seemed... Uh, out of place, right? Yeah, that yeah, that just, just seemed the flow wasn't did, was felt off right. at times. Like as far as you know, just from a filmmaking point of view, right? Exactly. And it it yeah, disjointed is a is a good way to put it. Like it just it seems like why did we need that scene and why did we need it there? You know, and at I, various right. times. And I feel like that whole dance scene was really just to set up the fact that she can't use her cell phone. Oh, of course it was. And that's it, because uh, it's in the pudding. Yo, if my fucking shit yeah, but pudding, other than, I'd go retrieve that shit. I that's think, still yeah, good. right. Um, I think <laughs> the and who has pudding at a prom, like or, or I Halloween dance? No like, what is that? Right. Right. Uh, but I, I, I think if this film is guilty of anything, it's that they go way elaborate to right. set up very simple things that exactly. would not require being that elaborate you know and that's probably the biggest crime and if that is the biggest crime then i'm okay with that right as far as the 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 boyfriend goes i actually kind of like the fact that nothing ended up happening to him because i think everyone expected, expected it, it right yeah I was and gonna so say they're that like too. they're like you know no this is what you're expecting to happen and no it's not gonna and i'm okay with that like i, I think it's fine and as far as like i i is the most egregious person getting the most egregious death. I still think even the if the doctor. boyfriend was in the picture, no right. one deserves it more than that fucking doctor. Right. So right. I still think the, uh, the project project X, um, <laughs> Malcolm X, no generate was American called? history X, American history X. Thank you. Jesus Christ. A generation X, Malcolm X, project X, <laughs> X force. Um, no, like X Files. That X Files kills. Yeah, and, and that goes back to like I said, my my biggest problem was, um, and I do think it was it was very fucked up. Like you said in the beginning, like when he stabbed that cop, right? I think it was fucked up when he put on the mask. Like I was like, okay, I got serious thorn vibes at, at one point with this fucking doctor too. <laughs> Did anybody else? Oh get man, that? I was terrified of what picture was going to be going in. I'm like, please don't take this somewhere stupid. Please, right. uh, like, don't make him be the new Michael because that just that would come out of nowhere, and I'd be right. like, fuck is is going on right now? But like, when that moment happened, my mind is going in all these different directions, and I'm like, I was scared. You yeah, it's like, where are we going with this? And and but you know, it it did pay off with one really great scene though, like. Imagine the, how terrified you'd be if you were this girl and this asshole locks you in the back of a cop car and Michael Myers' body is back there with you. Uh. And, and all of a sudden you see him start to move. I'd be like, 
Oh my god. I know. That I that created attention. But here's another problem I have with that. Okay. He's he's nutty. He's crazy, right? But we can't we can't negate the fact that he is a doctor. Now, do you think a doctor in that position would be that gullible to believe her when she says, Oh, he talked to me. Yeah, let me out and I'll tell you. Like it was just like that. <laughs> he's like, Oh no. Yeah, I'll that was you. so that was so Horse. weak. Yeah, it was a little weak, but at the same time, he's he's like, because he's even guessing what the word might be. He's like, I bet you said Lori, didn't he? He said the sister's name. Or Judith or something. He's thirsty. I wanted to bring up this real quick, too, because you mentioned that Dr. Sartain sounded like um, Loomis, oh, right? The Loomis, oh, the new Loomis voice, yeah. Okay. Yes, I I thought that that was Loomis in the beginning. Now that didn't turn out to be the case. But what did you guys think of the recording of Loomis? Um, how they used Donald Pleasance's voice mixed with a new uh, a sound. I thought it worked. I that okay. I'll be honest with you guys. It kills that H2O. Is one of my, no, that no, that fucking scene is one of my favorites in the movie. They play a piece of music behind that that uh, recording of Donald Pleasance and the sound like, and it is so perfect that I literally remember getting chills in the theater. I was like, holy shit, they are nailing so many aspects of this movie because they could have brought it back and done a lot of different ways, different nods to Loomis. I thought that that one little piece of audio with the music playing in the background was fucking magic. I thought it was so perfect. I agree. Yep. No, but like getting into the the final showdown though. So when she leads her to the house, right? So she runs away from him, leading Michael to to Lori's house. Um, I'm kind of hot and cold on the ending, uh, and I'm dying no to know that's part of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but um, what did I you thought... guys think overall of that whole sequence with the house? I thought the the sequence was great. I was into the whole thing, uh, and a lot of people have complained, and I think I found the answer for this. Uh, they always say, why, if Lori's been training for 40 years and she's some new Sarah Connor combat girl, why would she lean up against a door with a window right next to it, this and that? I think what we're supposed to believe is, remember how when those podcasters came to the house and she unlocked like 40 locks and then that is sort of like the joke, like you're supposed to smirk and as soon as she opens the door the real payoff of the joke is that there's another fucking screen, like metal thing in front of them. Right. I think that she thought that was probably there and locked. Michael must have ripped it open or whatever. So she didn't think he, she didn't think that the only thing between her and him was that door and that glass. I think right. she thought that other metal mesh thing was there or whatever that was. So th- that, that's my only explanation of why she would have leaned against the door. Honestly, uh, never even crossed my mind. It so. never crossed my mind either, to be to be real with you. Wow, I heard three people say that already. Oh, wow. dude, no, but that scene, though, was really big and symbolic in a way, too. Because you're like, oh, fuck, he's got her. Like, you knew something was going to happen. She was going to get out of it. And then she blew his fingers off. She fucking blew half his hand off. Holy shit. I don't think people are giving this, this fucking movie enough credit. She literally went from like, oh, here we are. I'm the victim again. And then, oh, no, by the way, now nah, it's 40 years later. It's 2018. I got a shotgun. Boom. Your fucking hand's blown off. And he was bleeding from it. Like, that was some badass shit. That fucking scene was so fucking dope, I thought. I, I just, I loved it. 
it was weird. A, a lot of times, I don't think she would have survived a lot of a lot of the hand to hand combat moments. But um, it was it built tension. And he oh, always, how do you feel about the disappearance off the grass? Oh, that was great. Oh, that was that. Have cool. people have actually complained about that? Why? Oh, Go God. fuck yourself. We don't care. Go uh, fuck. <laughs> all of you. I not, thought not that, that was a phenomenal, a phenomenal yeah. callback, a really cool bookend. I dug it. I, 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 I actually in the theater was very giddy about that. You know, it, it made me smile. It made me happy. And yes, people complained about that too. So there, there was a scene. Oh, by the way, I do love that in the house though. Right there, were, there are two things that I kind of felt um, was a little off. One being the fact that. Um, and I know, like we said, that that it didn't really build tension throughout this movie or whatever. But I gotta say that the, the there was a moment where I did say to myself, "This is boring." When she was going through all the rooms looking for Michael with the shotgun, nothing really happened. And I don't know if it was just me. I don't know. I don't think it went on for too long. No, it didn't. And you were supposed to think that every time she left the room, he might be at any corner. I think that's. Yeah, oh, oh, and, and to the me, way, uh, the the only time I did feel any real tension in this is the the room that he was actually in. Right. Um. At that during that during that room, I yeah. did feel some actual right. tension. And totally. when we totally. when he came out, it scared the crap out of me. Well, <laughs> so I was right. like, oh. <laughs> so that, that worked. That was a that that was just a minor flaw for me, though. But another, I guess, would be a bigger one, and it's not really a flaw. It's just it's it's another point of debate. Do you guys really think Michael would have fucking went right to that island in the middle of the kitchen and known that was a fucking? I don't. I was weird about that no, too. No, I, I, I weird, had right? A, no, like, yeah. There's no reason he would have known that, and I I I thought that when I was watching it. Right. Like, there's no way he would know that. No way at all. Right. It makes and, no sense. And, and and like you can make sense of it in your head. I just and I and I'm not saying that. I think that Michael is smart, but I think for him, because he went right, like he just did a quick look around and went right to that shit. You could argue that you, he did hear something big moving, and, but I just don't think that he could make that leap in his mind after being in a sanitarium for fucking that long and no. just making the Well, connect- it's not even, even if you're on the real world, it's not a normal thing to have. People right. don't have right. that, you know, right. uh, which right. by the way, I want one now, but... Um, um, I can't get one now since I just announced that though, because everyone will know where it is. But um, <laughs> let's go into your house and start pulling at your island. <laughs> yeah, but all these people are start ripping my cabinets off. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. I, I, maybe we're supposed to think that he, as he was coming through the door, and, and I was watching this at the time very closely. I personally don't think there's any way that timing-wise he right. would have seen it at all. Yeah. But maybe okay. we're supposed to think that he saw the corner of it move back, you know, when they were going downstairs. I don't buy that. Right. I don't think it was possible just considering where he was when they were doing that. But maybe that's what they're what we're supposed to go with. Right. You know, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back real quick before I know we're kind of getting towards the end here. Pumpkins. What's that? All those pumpkins. All yeah, I heard people complain that there's too many pumpkins on someone's Go front porch. Fuck Ooh, yourself. Jack-o-lantern. 
Meanwhile, I did that three years ago. I had about Halloween 2010. Right. I, I think it was 2010. Martha Stewart did uh, in her magazine because she always puts out a Halloween episode. Yes. So that Halloween issue. And I always get it. That year, she had this whole like, hey, put out a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns. I did it. Yep. And it was very cool because you know how hard it is to decide on what you want to put on your one jack-o'-lantern every year, you know? And like, you know, what do I do? Do I want to do scary face? Do I want a happy face? Do I want to do a syphilis face? You know, you, you know, <laughs> bouncing around and uh, go to dunks, get a strawberry you, quick. Exactly. Uh, if if you have multiple jack-o'-lanterns, you can do whatever you want. And it was right. really fun. Like, I had a good time doing that. I was actually thinking I wanted to do that again. I, so, can't even ar- I can't even fuck with you if you're having an argument about there being too many jack-o'-lanterns in a Halloween <laughs> movie. Like, I can't even acknowledge your existence. I just, you, like, we're clearly not on the same path in life. Like, I just want nothing <laughs> to do with those type of people. Like, I'm all set. I just, I'm just good with those type of people. <laughs> that tells me that you do not want to like this movie. That's what that tells me. <laughs> right. No, but. You're trying your damnedest. But the, <laughs> the one thing that I do, did want to get into that we hadn't mentioned, and I honestly think it's one of the best parts of the movie, um, and I think you guys know where I'm going with this. Holy shit. I know Dave's going to come over here and you guys are going to smoke weed. Uh, that kid. That, that little fucking kid had me dying. Almost every line of his was straight fucking fire. And I was wondering about how the comedy would work in this movie. And literally, that kid had me fucking dying. Oh, my God. I can't believe we haven't brought him up yet. Julian. I just. Right? <laughs> um, no, I mean, up until this point. Right. I thought he was hilarious, you know. He's all, you know, I wouldn't be over here clipping my nasty ass toenails. If I, I mean, he was cracking me up. And then he's like, you, you know, die, Dave. another another complaint that people had about this film, of course, was the comedy. Honestly, I don't think the comedy was all that much. I mean, really, oh, it was, him. That's it was it. him. That was that was he was the he was the comedy. And there was like this much of it. And I think it was a perfect amount. And he was a normal human being. And it was funny. I don't, the only thing about him I don't buy is, um, I don't think his scared acting was all that convincing. Uh, I didn't, I didn't realize he was scared. Is that what he was supposed to be doing? No, yeah, that didn't work for me, but the funny parts I thought were hilarious. When he ran out of the house and he runs by Dave, like, I'm sorry, but like, I know it was supposed to be scary, but he's still fucking swinging one-liners. I was still laughing when it's all like, and I know, but like, I honestly think that, um, that was intentional. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be scary, but that kid was just, I don't know. For me, he fucking stole the show and it was such a great addition. And I did like that he... He was the comedy portion of this movie, and it wasn't sprinkled throughout by characters that you wouldn't fucking buy it from. Hmm. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, Well, uh, I guess we've covered everything, right? So I guess we'll get to the the quote-unquote death, and then... um... Or the lack thereof, because they're definitely keeping his ass alive for another sequel after how much fucking money this movie made. Well, if nobody realized, after the credits, if you stayed around, you heard Michael's breathing. So, um, But other than that, in comparing this to Halloween 2, which you almost have to do because they basically use the same ending, I'm going to say Halloween 2 did it better. There was definitely uh, a more definitive uh, feeling at the end of that movie. This movie, you know, he's locked down there, sure, but we don't really know... 
the scope of that room in in any real major way to figure out any options here and uh him getting locked in there just abruptly and the big the last big tension moment of the whole what was it called battle of these two was them uh was michael pulling on this girl's leg and then the stabbing of the arm and then locking him in that's like the big ending and i had no idea so i'm sitting here and then all of a sudden the gas goes on and then the fire starts then they just stand there and i'm like what number one why are you standing there if your house is going on fire like shouldn't you be going as far away as possible okay well i guess we're gonna see a cool scene of michael in flames like the end of halloween 2 and instead they go back down and there's nothing they actually show the room and he's not even in it. So now I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. So then they leave, and their whole house is in flames. Like, wow, you burned your whole house down for this? And then they're in the back of the car, and I'm thinking, well, I don't know. They're not going to do a cliche thing where he just jumps through the side of the window or something, right? Like, like I don't know. Then all of a sudden the movie's over. Right. I was just like, oh. oh. I, dude, it was so gripping to me. I was into a straight hour of this movie, and I could not take my eyes off the screen. I, I couldn't get out of the moment. I loved every second of this. And I'm sitting here like, what just happened? That's the <laughs> end of a Halloween. So your reaction was like my reaction to the beginning? <laughs> I guess. Right. Oh, yeah, right. with the crew with the pumpkin inflating itself. Dude, I well, just that whole scene with the podcast was late, and all the people oh, that going too, yeah. crazy in the asylum. Like, <laughs> I just I thought that was so stupid. But no, but I agree with that at the end. Where I got to be honest with you, like I look at the end of like H two O and like holy shit, like that's that's a fucking ending. And I just felt like okay. It, it was slightly lackluster. Oh, yeah. This is not an H2O ending or a Halloween 2 ending. No. But at the same time, I do think that, first of all, this is a fucking two-hour long movie almost. Right. Which, which is awesome for a Halloween movie. Oh, wait. Because- by the way, it's not a Halloween 4 ending either. Remember how amazing that was when you first saw it? With no, no. It's none of these. It's none of it. It doesn't live up to any ending, really. Here's what I think, though. I I do think that it 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 leads. It's better it, than Buster Rhymes. It is. Okay, you're right. But it also leads into a possible sequel, which I think that they're, they're gonna do. I got. Did you guys get Texas Chainsaw vibes too when they all were fucking riding in the truck away? No. No. Okay. That was just me. No. <laughs> I don't know. I just found it lackluster too, and how they ended it um, was very. It was just kind of a close up of Laurie and the knife, right? And um, I don't know. It was just for me. It was not what I was expecting. I was expecting something more akin to what you said, Alex. Yeah. Something pretty fucking crazy to end it. But like I said, it kind of does this thing where it doesn't do uh, a big beginning. It doesn't. The ending isn't fucking crazy like we said yet yet i fucking still love this movie <laughs> like it's it's crazy there's so much to love listen throughout. the ending of it sucks but i still love that right there you go <laughs> and exactly. listen the ending of halloween 3 is not that great like dan just you know on a wing and a prayer dropping all those discs and it somehow just because he has the tvs running it just does a bunch of misfires and happens to shoot these guys like wow that was a stab in the dark that worked out for you. And then, but, the, but he I guess, told us to stop it. Yeah, that's that's where it works, though. So 
you don't get that, which to me is like the equivalent of what happened here. But then he, but then you do get the Ellie attack, and then you get the stop it, which is super iconic of an ending. So that makes up. Yeah, for- even though the then that just calls into play what the hell was Connell Cochran's whole plan? Um, if because time change, I mean time difference, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time anything happened on the East Coast, West Coast already knows about it. Those kids are safe, so yeah. it's like. <laughs> Um, I guess over there yeah. is like the big giveaway at six. Again, it's right. <laughs> Central time. It's a late special big giveaway. Right. Thirty in the afternoon. Mm. You and your grandmother sit down and watch. Um, grandmother. It's grandmother. A, <laughs> not grandmother. You can't call her that. No. Otherwise, the it's just fun. you can pick apart anything if you if right. you want to. You can. And in the end, do you want to enjoy a new Halloween film? Yeah, I, I kind of do. And did I enjoy a new Halloween film? Yeah, I kind of did. So it's, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, if you want to be supremely unhappy, if you want to be miserable, then no one's going to no one's going to change your mind about that. Right. And here I want to say this just in case some people are listening and they're yelling at the speakers and saying, well, who are you, you hypocrite? You're sitting here trashing the idea that uh, nitpicking things and worrying about a word and worry about this, that, the other thing. You sat here and you pointed out like 15 things that you didn't think were this or you questioned all this stuff. But it's like, yeah, but that's number one. My job here is to bring things up and, and maybe somebody gives me an answer. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. That does work. Or it's to make us think, process things, break down information, crunch data. That's what we're supposed to do. And two... I'm not sitting here saying, I don't know, that just took me out of the movie. I don't know, right. the movie doesn't work for me because of this and a few other things too. So the movie doesn't work for me. I'm not saying that because right. I know what a movie is. I know how not every minute is going to be perfection on every movie. So when I do question, oh, I was just curious about why he didn't kill that boyfriend because you would think that would happen. I was curious about why all three girls lived. I was just curious about uh, did you uh, how come this happened or that happened. But I'm never going to say, well, you know, guys, with all those things, just not a good movie. Because that doesn't, those things don't make things not good movies. Right. Yes. Well, it's like Dan was talking about the opening, you know, and he said that he didn't love, he did, he hated the opening. Like, it's really disappointing to him. But yet he still managed to love the movie. And also. Doesn't matter at all, yeah. The opening was not something I even considered until Dan brought it up. So the fact that Dan brought it up gave me the opportunity to look at that from a different perspective. Yeah, that's what we do. And, you know, we it's picked apart. Fun. It's we fun got sh- And it's also, fun. yeah, for entertainment purposes, right. you know. We got shit on a lot for the way we picked apart Nightmare on Elm Street films, you know, because uh, the the answer was always the same from everyone that I got approached by. It was always, hello, it's a dream, you know. I'm like, well, yeah. But that's what we do. You know, that's you have the, to t- discuss. That's the fun of the I mean, right. if we what's the what would be the point of just walking in going, well, there's a movie where a guy kills people in his dreams. Everything's a dream. So anything can happen. See you later. Bye. You know, I mean, it's not it doesn't always work just because that's the case. Like, but for but for example, it's like it's it's not about we're not allowed we're you're not allowed to say this or we are or whatever. It's about maintaining a proper perspective. Are you really? going to say one thing that just brings this movie down is that she referred to her grandmother in a a way that you don't know of or that you don't do 
Like, that is what you went, ugh, when you heard that. Really? And there's a big difference between something being unrealistic <laughs> and something being not your experience. Just because it's not your experience, just right. because you don't do it, doesn't mean it's unrealistic. That it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. If a guy went so, to bed with three chicks, I'm not going to say, oh, this doesn't happen. Oh, no, just doesn't happen to me. Right. <laughs> it happens. Yes, it's like, yeah. I know it happens. I just saw it this morning. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, you know, but yeah, if you're going to allow the number of jack-o'-lanterns someone has on their porch <laughs> to determine whether or not you enjoy this film, then I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. what. To tell Actually, you. I, the number of jack-o'-lanterns did affect my enjoyment of this film just with the other way. I like to amped it up. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that shit. Fucking Halloween. Fuck out of here. Yeah. There's, too, there's too many Christmas trees in uh, Christmas Griswold's Christmas Vacation. Right? Exactly. No, I got to say don't, that. I just don't understand the, the mentality uh, of the people who have to find reasons to hate things. I just don't I, get it. You know, I really don't. Because is everything perfect? No, it's what? not. What? And I, but I don't expect it to be. But in the end, am I entertained? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. It's a love letter to Halloween fans, literally. It, Without a doubt. It really is. And they did they, – they attempted to do something in an, an intelligent direction. This wasn't a throwaway slasher film no. with people who were just popping up as fodder. This yeah. was something they actually put a lot of thought and effort into. They were very thoughtful about it. And I think it shows. And I, as a fan, appreciate it. You know, as a fan of the original more than anything else, right? I do like a lot of films in this in the franchise. I personally am a am a the, my timeline is one two, H two O, and I, there are even things I like about Resurrection. I know I've teased it a lot during this episode, but there are things I do like about that film. So it's whatever. But more than anything, I am a, I do appreciate what Carpenter did with the original and the fact that this one specifically took that film and went in a different direction with it. I think that's very cool. I think that they that they put a lot of thought into it and I think they did a fantastic job. And for all of you who expected like things to be answered in this movie from the previous stuff, like if you don't if you can't put it together that this ignored all of them and there was no connection, Lori's fucking dead, you moron. If you think that those movies tie into this one, she's fucking dead. So clearly, yeah. clearly you're not gonna figure out what happened to John Tate or 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 uh, Jamie Lloyd. I actually heard someone say, "Oh, yeah. well, they didn't tell us what happened with her." Are you a fucking idiot? She's dead. So obviously, it's a two. It's, it's not in that world. And most people are born looking like uh, Jamie Lloyd, and then end up looking like John Tate, and then finally look like this girl. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme of all that. Oh, yeah, talking. it's amazing. That was so great. No, that's another fun thing, though, about the timeline and all that. Like, I've seen some fucking fire memes lately. Like, shit that this has been cracking me up about this movie. Mostly from me. I know, I know. Right, and you, and listen, like, at the Actually, end of the yeah. day, you have to... <laughs> You have to have a sense of humor about about how, you know, these movies are depicted and what timeline they choose. Like, you have to be somewhat lighthearted about it. And like you said about the pumpkin thing, if you're going to get caught up on fucking timelines or whatever, like, I'm just, I'm all set with that line of thinking. Like, I'm here personally for a fucking good time. There's a Halloween movie. 
Um, Michael Myers is in it. Like, sold. I'm good. Let's go. And then they drop this, which is fucking exceptionally good. That, like we said, all those gripes and all those things that we mentioned has almost fucking no bearing on on my rating of this movie and my love for this fucking movie and my love of just um like I I haven't been this excited for a movie to see a movie um this, since probably it last year you know and and even more so than it obviously because it's Halloween oh, I can't wait for the next it now man Oh my god! Yeah, exactly. Well, after that, how that turned out, absolutely, and and that's why I'm excited too. I, and hopefully, they I'm sure they fucking will. They'll make another sequel to this. I hope that they don't oh, kill it. That's what we're supposed to talk about. Uh, yeah. So John Carpenter said this is the final Halloween. I'm sure Jamie Lee Curtis said that too. Um, so I don't think anyone else is on board with their train of thought. I think there will be another one. Hopefully, Carpenter does the music for that one too. Hey guys, it's Wazelle from Banana Laser. Hey yo, and this is Dave Z, and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. to wrap it up uh guys we're not back that way if if you really like the three of us then please start watching marry with children because we're having a great time going through all those that's where we're going to continue we have another three years and two months left on our contract so (laughs) that's after that i'm done podcasting i'm definitely i'm never gonna be a producer again it's very taxing, very time-consuming behind the uh, scenes. You've said that so many times. Yeah, but, you know... You're but, like Jamie Lee Curtis never coming back to a Halloween movie. <laughs> I, I had to do Married with Children, Jamie. You don't understand. It It called to me. Being there was no other podcast on the planet for that show, but there is for a ton of other classic shows, I was like, wow, this this has to be meant to be. And... And I think that I found the right um, way to present it with the way I produce. So I think – and then with everybody, whoever was a host, always brought it. And uh, you guys right now killing it on that show. I think we were all just supposed to do this. So I think that was my last true calling in life uh, in the sense of podcasting. Uh, I will do guest appearances and other people's stuff, but I will never run my own show ever again. Until someone pulls up in your driveway with a dump truck full of money. If that happens, sure. But no one's ever done that for anything I've done. Yeah, my stuff is worthless. 
But uh, yeah, so that's what we do. I think so. We're never gonna do another skeleton crew until probably maybe next Halloween if we do anything. But I was thinking, maybe we should for the new It movie if it comes out maybe like next summer or whatever. Fuck, I would be yes. down with that. I would be. I'm always down with doing some crew. Crew is family. My girlfriend loves that movie too, so that'll be exciting. Okay, perfect. So maybe we'll do that. But yeah, don't expect anything else. But we hope you liked this special. It was great to be back. Man, look, I'm looking around the walls and the windows, the broken windows, and that witch is still flying by. From the window to the wall. To the switch out of my balls. I looked to the window. I looked to the wall. I looked past the wall. I looked into the closet Dan was hiding in that day. (laughs) (laughs) I'll poke you in the eye, motherfucker. I just saw where Dan hides all of his weed through that other wall. (laughs) (laughs) You can smell it. No, honestly, this was fun. I've been fucking dying to do this. And um, yeah, (laughs) like you said, doing doing the other show, it really doesn't feel any different because we've never really stopped. But at the same time, it it is fucking refreshing to finally uh, talk horror with you guys again. It's like we it's like we never left. And uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening too. Um, like you you were saying in the beginning of the show, I actually did get a couple messages too. A lot of people um, have been leaving stuff throughout the year on the group page asking when we're coming back, and they still think it's a joke, like, you know, that <laughs> we'll never really leave. And I guess, you know, once a year, that's not too bad, right? I'll definitely do once a year. Like, even when I said I'd stop podcasting, I would definitely still do this once a year. Yeah, and it's been fun. That's not really doing rough production, really. It's <laughs> right, exactly. No, but I've had a blast. It's uh, you guys, fucking, obviously, family, and uh, it's been fun once again, and I'll see you guys next fucking Sunday morning when we record Married with Children. You mean Wednesday night, live at the nudie bar? That's exactly what I meant. Even though it comes out Wednesday morning. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I have been looking forward to this like crazy, even before we knew what we were going to do, I knew we were going to do something and I was looking forward to it before that. Uh, after I saw the film, I was looking forward to it even more. I, I love you guys. And I, yes, I do record with you all the time, but there's nothing like being in the dungeon for the crew. Nothing. And I love fucking you guys. And I like, yeah, I, 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 I like it. I, yeah. And for anyone listening out there, that was me. I actually recreated at that time. That was not editing on Alex's part, which has been every other time, but, (laughs) but, um, I love all the people who come back. And li- I mean, we're gone for a very long time, you know, and you gone only li- almost as long as Michael was gone. And yeah, and they came back for this and you guys are amazing. I love you so much. And even if you don't agree with everything we said, and even if you think that we're wrong, and even if you want to bitch and moan, and even if you hate us after this, um, thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. Anyway. Thank you for listening. It's been a great October, the best October, I think, in years. And this caps it off. Um, Just everything has been so great. And this show was great to do. It was fun. A lot was uh, uh, explained, things that I wanted to process information. And I got to say, I like the movie a little more because of it. Can't wait till the Blu-ray release and things like that. So, yeah, guys, we will uh, maybe be back for the It review. We'll see. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> uh, and that's it. So thanks for listening. Happy Halloween. Yep, it's been a, a long year away from everything. Glad to be back. Happy Halloween. 
Peace.